This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we review the latest entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Plus, remembering the talented Kevin Conroy, John Wick 4 releases its first trailer and more, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, November 14th, 2022. Hey, this is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. With your hosts, Anthony, Imran, and Rugboy. Comic book and superhero, TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever they choose. Hear insightful commentary. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Remember, Batman's got your back. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Fans out there. What's up? Hello, listener, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the nerd. And joining us is the leader of the Felty tribe from the mountains. They call him Kukukan Rugs. Call me Goonie Goo 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 Rugs. But we call him Rug Boy. How you doing, Your Majesty? I'm doing good. I'm I'm enjoying this this momentous uh, weekend that we just had with this release of this Marvel movie. Yeah, and uh, the theaters needed it. The box office definitely needed it to get people going, doing things. It was nice. Anthony, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I was. Uh, I did see the movie that we're going to talk about later. I was also at my alma mater, oh. U- University of Illinois, oh. uh, for a football game. So I'm kind of tired because I was there all day and I was tailgating and then stayed up all night and partied with the kids so oh man you went back to your old uh, stomping grounds that, that you were hanging out with gen z's uh i was around gen z's i don't know if i was necessarily interacting with the gen z's other than ordering drinks at the bar but i was around okay. a bunch of them well let me ask you this did they seem like really young now when you go back they do seem young yeah they do seem really young but the thing is is they would ask i had a, a hat on yeah and they were asking me when I was interacting in my brief interactions, they were asking me what my major was. Oh. And I would tell them my major and what year I was, and they wouldn't bat an eye that I was lying and saying I was a senior in well, college. You look 25, you fuck. Oh. This fuck so that, that was nice. I thought for sure that your pectoral muscles would scare them away. <laughs> <laughs> Just your full on manliness would scare them. That guy's too <laughs> jacked to be in college. What's going on here? Yeah. Man, you could so, blend yeah. in. Your- Those aren't video game arms. <laughs> Those are real arms. Ah, you can still pass for a college student. Are you playing Among Us? It's fucking. <laughs> I think I think I'm a little bit of a stretch as a college student, but definitely don't look 34 being down there. Yeah, it, just wait. The, the, every time, every year you go down, you're like, man, they seem really. They seem even younger. It's a weird effect. <laughs> what do you you get that feeling every time you go back to Pratt? No, I get that feeling at work because <laughs> I'm surrounded by Gen Zers, and I'm like. I could be this person's father. Think about they that. They definitely person. looked young. They definitely. I I looked around. I was like, oh wow, they're these. Like I, I don't look like. I don't feel like I look like that anymore. 
Oh, good. Snap back to reality. You are. Could you be Anthony's father, Imran? Is that no. you? No. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. How old are you? Who me? Yeah. Forty six. What do you think? So like, so if I'm working with someone who's like twenty three, I'm like, I could have been your father. I could easily oh. been your father at this wow. point, right? Isn't that yeah. crazy? Yeah, you're old as shit, dude. You're just old enough to be Anthony's weird uncle. Yes, I could be Anthony's weird uncle for sure. But uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna try to stop aging so Anthony catches up. How does that work? I can't do that. Oh, he'll catch up once he hits that forty mark. Well, the thing it's is, you've downhill. had the white hair for a while, yes. and and because you're you've got um you're an albino, yeah, it's not you albino. can't really see your your um wrinkles. You don't. There's not really any wrinkles on. That's you. true. I'm so translucent. I just appear yeah. smooth in in sunlight. It's got the glow. So it doesn't. It, your your whole look is really. It's just an odd look. It's That's just why you, when you're at the show. gas station and the yeah. people speaking Urdu are asking if they're <laughs> you've dyed your beard. Is that guy's hair natural. That's what the guy said. <laughs> I had my head, and I don't even know what the patch on the back of my head looks like. It's just a big like flag of white. Anyways, we're not here to talk about my white hair. <laughs> we're here to review the latest MCU movie. I have a few things in the news because I want to leave us time to really dive deep into Black Panther. Let's get started. The Jock and Ned Podcast. And unfortunately, we got to start a little bit of sad news and in memoriam segment, a rest in peace, rest in power, whatever the kids are saying these days to Kevin Conroy, who passed away last week at age 66 after a short battle with cancer. Kevin Conroy, of course, if you don't, don't already know the voice of Batman. He voiced Bruce Wayne Batman on Batman, the animated series from 1992 to 1996. But in total, he did like 15 movies as Batman, 15 animated series, two dozen video games. Uh, some of the notable performances, Batman Mask of the Phantasm movie. He reprises his role for Superman, the animated series, Batman Beyond. I didn't know. I haven't played the Arkham games yet, but I didn't know he was, he did the Arkham, the first trilogy of Arkham games. Is oh, yeah. that right? Oh, yeah. That's him. Yeah. That's amazing. And then recently he reunites with Mark Hamill, who did Joker in Batman the Killing Joke, uh, the movie in which Batman fucks Batgirl on the roof. But let's not talk about that. And then <laughs> gets a chance to play Batman in live action in one of the CW Arrowverse crossovers, the Kingdom Come version of Batman in, cri- in the Crisis on Infinite Earths. But easily the Batman for... Not just one, several generations of fans. Anthony, did you uh, were you a big fan of the animated series, Batman? Yeah, uh, as a kid, I definitely in- enjoyed the animated series. I think you gain a new appreciation for how good that series was when you grow up and decide to get over yourself and rewatch cartoons. Yeah. So yeah, and then you you know I played the Arkham games. I watched a lot of the Batman movies that came out later in the early two thousand mid to late you know two thousands two thousand tens. So you just continually heard that voice, and if you if you were listening to a of you know an animated voice and it wasn't uh, Kevin Conroy, it was kind of a little jarring. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I mean, all you know, best Batman voice ever. Um, Absolutely. You know, then it doesn't. Everyone kind of makes fun of Christian Bale, but you know, he Batman was he, Kevin Conroy was doing that voice before, and even him doing that voice even makes Christian Bale's decision to do his voice the way it is kind of weird. Yes. Um, but yeah, all time Batman voice and it kind of, I saw that news pop last night, yesterday, no, yesterday morning or afternoon. And I 
immediately sent it to my friends. I was like, oh man, that sucks. You know, little little piece of the childhood going away. Super, super talented. Rugs, why why was Kevin Conroy so good at Batman? Why is he he really is the definitive voice of Batman, but why? I I just think over time he just settled into the character like so well and you could kind of just the timber of his voice, you know, he's got that low, very low register voice. And, um, he also played it very stoically too. He wasn't like all over the place. He was, he kept this like very like, uh, narrow when he's Batman, he kept this very narrow amount of like emotion. And, um, a lot of people who do Batman now and the DC stuff, there's a couple of guys that do Batman. That's not Kevin Conroy. And they kind of, they kind of try to do the same thing. Like this kind of calm, yeah. but stern, deep voice. He set the template. Oh, yeah. He's great. I I, I really um, love that somebody has transcended, like, decades of being Batman. Yeah. You know, and uh, still loved and still appreciated. And it's kind of really sad because he could have kept on doing this forever. At, so, yeah, uh, absolutely. 66, he still had, he could have been doing it for another. He had more in the tank, definitely. Yeah. And so, so it's sad. I, you know, one of the reasons I think he was, he did such a good job is I have this article from the NPR and it kind of explains it perfectly is that he realized that the real character was Batman. Batman was the guy. Bruce Wayne was the put on. So unlike everybody who's played Batman, he doesn't do a raspy voice, right? He doesn't put on a voice. When he's Bruce Wayne, though, you hear him, his, his, uh, the tone gets a little higher. You hear him do it a little bit differently. Like that's the actual, uh, costume. That is the, uh, the, per, you know, the, the disguise. But when he's doing Batman, he's just like, just talking like himself, just a little lower. And it works so good. And I don't know why anybody hasn't done that in the movies. Like I want somebody to do Batman at live action without doing a voice as Batman, just being, using your voice. And then changing your voice as Bruce Wayne. What do you think? I think Michael Keaton did got close. To I, that. Yeah, Keaton probably did get the closest. He didn't really do a raspy voice. Um, but uh, is is that something? Um, I think that's what you were getting at, Anthony. Is like, why would Christian Bale do the super raspy? It sounds like you're hurting your throat when you have Kevin Conroy setting the thing like just be talk like yourself, just deeper, and that's the real character is Batman. Yeah, no, I think I, I mean I get what Christian Bale was doing. He, he was trying to distinguish his own, get his put his own spin on it, but it just made what Kevin Conroy accomplished as the voice of Batman uh, even better by seeing that the fact that you didn't have to go all out on this weird voice that yeah. people are doing. Um, I mean, Pattinson's kind of doing a little bit of that. Oh, that's true. He does. His is yeah. maybe just a little bit slower and like l- lower pitched, um, but not like over the top rasp. Um, so you know, Kevin. I, I want to make this more about Kevin Conroy. All again, all time. Conroy, the best voice he was for just Batman. like natural, relaxed. It didn't seem forced, and 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 there's some amazing episodes of Batman the animated series. Like I said, still hold up. Largely, the whole series does. It's it's important because like when you're Batman, especially like you don't want to have like a New York accent, right? Like a Chicago yeah. accent, you know. That's my Chicago accent. Oh. Um. You want to have this kind of like eternal, timeless voice, and he he had that, and, and that's just something that I appreciate a lot. Now, you and listeners may know that occasionally we get cameo videos, greetings. I cut them in the beginning, bought by our listeners. A lot of them bought by Seth Morgan, and you would have heard 
the beginning of this episode, Kevin Conroy uh, do his little bit, and he says our names, and he says the Jock and Nerd podcast. I will. I can't. I mean, I've just. I, it's very special to have that. However, we may have a little bit of a cameo curse going on because oh, no. out of all the cameo celebrity drops we have, this is the third person to have died. We have three deceased celebrities. It was Gilbert Gottfried. Yep. Norm Macdonald. The other one. Norm, Norm Macdonald. Oh, man. And right. now Kevin Conroy. And I've still been using them, and I'm going to keep on using them, so they will all live on here. We should just do, like, do Death Note and just keep getting uh, cameos and just start clearing house. Somebody has to warn Jason Muse and fucking the Tom Cruise impersonator guy, because they may be next. I don't like, know. We should get people that we don't want to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> Listener, if you hate a celebrity, get them to do a cameo for us, and odds are things will go their Let's way. Let's get Harvey Weinstein. Oh, God. Can you imagine we have all these just canceled people doing well you're listening to this dropping i hope there's no cameo curse but it is Cosby can do one it is odd i have these voices (laughs) of dead celebrities introducing our show it's fantastic uh but yeah we lost the true talent it is sad Uh, you know what's funny another celebrity died that day completely overshadowed did you guys do you know who i'm talking about rugs did you see this story uh i don't know it was gallagher he was 76 wasn't Gallagher from Chicago? Uh, no, I, I don't know. I thought he was uh, from out uh, East Coast. But, Anthony, do you even know who Gallagher is? Gallagher, the game? Not Gallagher. Great game. <laughs> Great game at the liquor store that <laughs> I, I, I would go to. Gallagher was a comedian, long-haired, hippie comedian from the 70s and 80s. He's the guy that would smash watermelons on stage and the front row of the audience would get hit by pieces of fruit. Does this ring a bell? You ever seen this? He was... He was no, not really. He was huge in it the was, 80s. Yeah, it was huge. He had early H- 80s. HBO yes, specials that. and shit. Uh, but his shtick, he would end, and you would want to sit in front, and they'd give you like a fucking tarp, and that was the special seats because you wanted to get hit by the fucking watermelon. Anyways, rest in peace to Gallagher too. The the, the original carrot top. I don't know. That's probably not true. Uh, anyways, listener, you can join the conversation. We have a Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. You can join it as exclusive, exclusive, explosive diarrhea. <laughs> it's closed. It's exclusive is what I meant to say. You will not get explosive diarrhea, but we're all in there geeking out. There's spoiler threads and geeky things to share and meet other listeners. It's a fun place. Okay. The only other thing in the news, let's um, shift from a guy dying to a dude on in a movie, just killing people. <laughs> I, I'm talking about John Wick four. Put out their first trailer uh, in a fantastic action movie franchise. Uh, Anthony, you've seen the first one. Have you seen two or three? I have not seen two or three. Oh, so you should watch those. They're pretty good. I know I should watch those, especially since they're supposedly great action movies and kind of further the genre. So yeah, they, I do need to get around to that. Yeah, they are probably some of the best you know action movies around now. The and where where the medium is going and the style. Uh, but this trailer, it's very cool. This cast is very cool. Rugs, let's start with you. What did you think of John Wick 4 trailer? I got two words. Donnie Yen. Donnie motherfucking Yen is in this. That's badass. I, uh, this is going to be cool. Like, two old guys beating the fuck out of each other. It's going to be amazing. I mean, they're not really, in the, in the terms of Hollywood, old. But, I mean, it's just crazy that they're, they're going for it. And they're really selling it, too. Donnie Yen still looks good, though. Yeah, they look amazing. It's it's freaking look. You got 
I think last time you had Mark DeCascos as the, one of the main bad guys in uh, John Wick 3. So now they even like, they up the ante even more. They got another legend in there. So it's like, that's cool. I like that. You also got Hi- Hiroyuki Sonata, who is in everything, who is just a badass. Lawrence Fishburne. They could get Ali Young. Just to be like oh a cab driver. You gotta get <laughs> oh, Ali no. Young in a John Wick that's movie. What I, if I was Keanu, that's what I would I would insist on Ali Young being in the movie for like just like just a guy, like anybody, just a guy sitting on the couch. Like he doesn't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah, he's probably a, you know a little old and tired. I think yeah, if there's I saw um a video of Ali Young in uh it's on Tubi. There's this like eighties it's like an eighties, nineties action documentary. And uh, it looked like Al Young was like either he was definitely missing some teeth, yeah, but he might have been missing like some of his jaw. I don't know. There's oh something going on. Oh, no. Oh, oh. Poor guy. I don't know. Maybe I'm more exaggerating, but he didn't look well. Oh, that sucks. That, that makes me <laughs> sad. Yeah. Oh, I'm, not, I'm sad for Al Young. Al Young, not in this movie, but you do have Scott Adkins is in this. Ian McShane returning as Winston. Oh, Scott Adkins. Yeah. Yes. He, maybe this will be the movie that'll get him. They'll finally get him noticed. on board. Yeah. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne returning as the Bowery King and Bill Skarsgård is in there. Anthony, what'd you think of the looks of the action and the fucking him popping people up the stairs? And he just looks badass. It looks good. It looks good. I mean, it looks it looks exactly what you would expect from a John Wick. I really should get into these because I just I like the first one. I just haven't gotten around to the other ones, but it looks good. And yeah, the you, third got- one is insane. And it, it just never stops. Oh, really? Just when you think they're done, there's fucking more. Dude, that one, the whole scene with Halle Berry and the dogs is fantastic. He does, there's a weird thing where he goes to the middle of the desert and fucking cuts his finger off. That was weird. But in this one, it looks like he's riding a horse in the desert also somewhere. Yeah. He's He's in Paris. It looks very international. Riding a horse like the Dark Knight. Yeah, he's doing it all. And he's like, I need, I'm going to need a gun. I'm thinking I'm back. I like, (laughs) I like. Donnie Yen fending off bullets with a sword. Oh, my God. They could do a sword fight between John Wick and Donnie Yen. I mean, that, that's uh, that's it. That's all I want to see. You really don't have to sell me on this movie. No. I'm going to no. watch this looks the like shit a badass. No, and anyone that's anyone that's into action at all, the fact that you have they're doing a fourth John Wick with Keanu, who's one of the all time action stars. And then you throw in Donnie Yen as the villain. I mean, that's all you need. This is this is just a it's just like a throwback to yeah all the eighties nineties action movies yes. where they would pair big big movie stars against one another. There is this scene in here where each of them have a sword and a gun, and they're using both things. They're shooting at each other and using the sword like right in front of each other. That's amazing. Um, Reminds me of when they put in you know they did Lethal Weapon four, and you had Mel Gibson and Donnie Glover versus Jet Li. Obviously, Jet Li was a little bit younger than Donnie Yen is, but still, yeah. Yeah, you just put just fucking shove all the action movie stars in here, or or, the, or even the Fast and Furiouses where they're throwing in uh, Ong Bak and all that shit. I mean, this franchise has got legs. There's there's a talk of that Continental spinoff show about the hotel, but there's another spinoff. Uh, I don't know if it's a movie or a show, but it's called Ballerina. It will have Anna De Armas starring and Ian McShane and uh, Keanu in talks to return. I kind of like this because Anna de Armas has some fucking action shops. She wasn't bad in The Gray Man. She's running around yeah, fucking blowing people it. up. That she looked yeah, she's good. She's badass. She was in a James Bond movie, I think, too. Oh, that's right. She was in one It's of out on Amazon Prime. I still haven't watched it. I got to make time to watch that shit. That last one, right? The most recent. No shit. Time to no Die. No Time to Die, yeah. yeah. I really want there to be a John Wick Continental series, but 
with Christopher Walken as the Continental in it. Oh, as as remember that skit? Oh, Zaya? yes, find champagne. Champagne, you want, you want yeah. champagne. <laughs> oh, why are you leaving? Stay a little while. No, yeah, nobody got that one reference. Uh, either, this Continental will be about a young Winston, and it, it's going to be on Peacock. Uh, that's what, but, uh, yeah, it'd be worth checking if there's action in it and there's like, uh, you know, there's, uh, hired, hired killers and assassins that might be worth watching, but I'm just saying you could always call Christopher Walken. He'll be in that too. He'll be in there. Love the John wick. What about that question you posted to me just before we started recording rugs? Pose that question now. Oh, I forgot what we even talked about. You about- said what I want to see Keanu take on Tom Cruise. In a yeah, fucking he's the movie. other big old action dude. I, I would, I do want to see that, and I think Keanu could take fucking Tom Cruise. The what, thing do you got, with, what do you got, Anthony? Tom Cruise or Keanu? The thing about that one is Tom Cruise is a madman, so he'll oh. he does all these crazy tr- stunts. Yeah. But physically, even though they're both old, Keanu is. I mean, that Tom Cruise is a, is. He's like, like a, a foot tall. He's tiny. Yeah, yeah he's, 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 like, a tiny he's, like, he's like the gum on the under, <laughs> underside of your shoe. Like that. Yeah. There really, there really isn't a, a physically. That's Henry not a Cavill. fight. He fought Henry Cavill. We bought oh, it. Oh, in Mission Impossible, he did. And Henry Cavill is. I know. Well, we, we do buy that. I just, it's just sink. Yeah. We buy it. It's just yeah. uh, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is just. He's like in a weird. He's a, he's a weird action star in that I believe everything he's doing, but then. But then you take him out of the movie. I'm like, there's no way that guy's kicking anyone's ass. I feel like you, he'll just call on his Thetan alien powers to fucking destroy him. <laughs> he'll get Xenu to do something. Yeah, that's when the shit will actually hit the fan. That's when the aliens will bust out. They won't let Tom Cruise be embarrassed. So they'll they'll like now reveal themselves and they'll give him like a power up. Cannot have Tom what Cruise ab- losing this fight. What about Keanu versus uh, Who else is, uh, Vin Diesel? Mm, that could be interesting. Are we not consider is, them at the same Vin level. Is Vin Diesel the same age as Keanu? I think they're, Vin Diesel's in his 50s. Let's see. Let's look this up. Oh, uh, Vin Diesel. Mm, Vin Diesel is Ke- 55. Okay, and Keanu is The Rock is like 50-something, too. Rock's like 50, I think. Uh, Keanu is 58, so there you go. Oh, my God. Keanu's oh, two wow. years younger than Cruz but and older. And The Rock is 50. I don't know who would win that one. Maybe Vin Diesel has the upper hand just because of the age, but... Again, Keanu's well, got the height. The but height. In the reach. You know, I, I, we got to talk about this. Like, Vin Diesel doesn't move. He just drives a car. That's a good point. Like, he, uh, Keanu can fucking, he's got moves. He's fighting, like, fucking karate masters and fucking kung fu masters and shit. And he's riding the motorcycle. He's riding the horse. He does all his own stunts. That, that's not entirely true. Vin Diesel in Fast in the Furious 6, um, no, the seventh one. Yeah, yeah. He punches a car garage at the top of the car garage, and the it, it, and it earthquakes and breaks open, and Jason Statham falls through the the crack. He, and he punches makes a building. He punches the he like Hulk like punches down the the top of the building. Oh no! Oh, from the as top. it's like already rumbling, and then it starts to crack <laughs> oh, open the top of the car garage, and Jason Statham like falls through. Oh it. my god! Pretty awesome. Well, you know, but Diesel's got superpowers. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? that's not fair. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, just I mean, got guns. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go watch What about this. Jason Statham? Uh, Jason Statham is kind of, that's like a good combo. He could yeah. probably do it all too. See the thing what's what's kind of sad though about what we're saying is we're we're naming actors that are fifty. I know. We're <laughs> like, listen, there's, there's, you got Scott, the new guys. Adkins, Scott Adkins is there and he's just waiting to be called in. Yeah. Like, come put me in, coach. Yeah. I'm ready to go. And no one's picking him. Who who would be who who would 
Who would be the top guys under 50 years old? I'm I'm calling Scott Atkins. That's what I'm saying. The dude is fucking in shape. Yeah. He's, he he's got great moves. He's he, and he's fucking serious about this shit. Wait, he but, just he put out a he's doing this series of movies that just I heard it it was really can he good. Act? What is it called? He can act as good as Arnold did. Oh, you know. It's a direct video rugs. Have you seen Accident Man? I've seen them all. Hitman's the Holidays. Whole I heard that one's actually good. All. It's it's based on a British comic book. I heard an interview with they're, him. They're they're all okay movies, but you put him in a good one, he'll perform. He he'll, does nothing he'll... but direct video movies here. Yeah, huh. I'd say he needs a shot. Why not? I gotta watch Accident Man because that sounds fun. Accident Man is fine. There's another one where he's fucking. Uh, he's a, he's a hitman in a hitman group, kind of like John Wick. Oh, he was in Day Shift too. All right, but we finally got. Uh, well, here, here's here's the. I just pulled a list. This is just a random. The first list <laughs> yeah. I put in top current action stars. Okay. And the list is. This might be kind of long. Dwayne Johnson, The yeah, Rock, yeah. Keanu. Yeah. They put in Emily Blunt. Oh. Chris Pratt. Okay. Wahlberg. No. Yeah. Oh, Donnie Wahlberg. Mike, Mark, Mark Donnie, Wahlberg. No, not Donnie. Mark Wahlberg. Maybe. <laughs> Charlize Theron, okay. Tom Cruise, mm. Donnie Yen, Statham, John Cena. Okay. Taron Egerton. Really? Scarlett, Chris Pine, Mila Jovovich, Vin Diesel, Liam Neeson. Oh, I forgot about Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. <laughs> Liam Neeson. He, that's another one. Uh, oh. Dave Bautista. Yeah. Uh, oh, this one's kind of a stretch. John David Washington, Karen Gillian, Angelina Jolie, Tom Holland. It's just all Marvel people. That is an interesting list. Now I want to see Keanu go up against Liam Neeson. Like, who's got franchises? Who's got fucking, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme, like, 30 movies with their headlines? They're doing the same character. No, that doesn't happen anymore. It's just... Who's who's in a movie with themselves? Yes. All right? That's what I want to fucking know. All right? You got to be in a movie with yourself. Who's in a movie punching snakes in the face? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Well, what's they? They didn't list Hemsworth, and Hemsworth has oh. Extraction Two coming out. Yeah, he should have been. In yeah, that. he's overlooked a lot. Yeah, of course. Hemsworth, Chris Evans, and Chris Evans would be the and the guy from Gray Man, uh, Gosling. Yeah, those are other yeah, two. Yeah, we, but we, we, I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum. There just isn't action stars aren't a, as much of a thing anymore. It's a different like, genre like of be. action stars. Not yet. These days. You yeah. just wait, Anthony. It's coming back. It'll come just back. Wait. Coming back. Wait, who's Everything bringing comes back? back. Scott Atkins? Frank Grillo. Frank Grillo. Frank Grillo. You got Grillo. Yeah, let's Don't do forget it. about Grillo. Grillo can bring him back. Dude, about, I, let's do Atkins and Grillo in in, in a buddy in, cop movie. Let's do it. On what, straight to video? Yeah, I'll watch that all day. <laughs> Why not? Straight to video, and then we'll we'll throw in Stallone doing, uh, whatchamacallit, what's that movie we just came with? Michael Jai White in there. Yeah. Samaritan 2. Oh, Michael. Oh, you, Michael that's right. Jai White. You, you got to throw in Michael Jai White. The king of B-movies. Oh, God. Michael yeah. Jai White is up there as well. Yeah. He's got some great ones. Yeah, those are the three. Grillo, Jai White, Adkins do like a three-way triple threat match for the, the B-movie got, king. What's that movie where he beats up the guys in the bathroom? Michael Jai White? Yeah. Oh, he, do you, you're going to be the one that has to talk, tell us. I don't remember that. Oh, man. I'm glad I got to do this movie. I can't believe we're at, now we're at the stage where Tom Holland is. Little old Tom Holland. I think it's called Blood and Bone. Is considered a fucking action Michael hero. Jai White. Exit Wounds is a movie I saw of him. That was with uh, Steven. He was the villain. It was Steven Seagal and DMX. Oh, shit. I remember that. Michael Ty White. Yeah, Blood and Bone bathroom scene. It's great. Uh, He's still doing stuff. He's the voice of Blade in the Midnight Suns video game. It's coming out. Yeah. 
Well, he's actually a legitimate martial artist. Oh, okay. He's up there, though. He's getting up there. He was yeah, spawning like... He's 55. Okay, so he's okay. yeah, he's the same generation. That generation's phasing out, and we're going to have a new generation. Um, all right, that's... Uh, I can't wait for John Wick 4. These fucking... These movies are great. Let's take a quick break here. Play some promos. Come back. We're going to take a deep dive into Wakanda forever. Right after this. After these messages... What's up, guys? Gerald from Two Peas on a Podcast here. Are you just sitting there thinking to yourself, man, I really love some dude in his garage sitting around talking about arbitrary countdowns and his favorite things in the world of movies, music, and TV. Well, guess what? That's me. Please look me up. My name is Gerald, and I am from Two Peas on a Podcast. If you want to subscribe to my countdown show, I have a different co-host every week. It's often someone from the world of podcasting or entertainment. And we go through our top five favorite things in whatever that week's category is. You can find links to all of our content. Subscribe via your favorite podcast app and follow us on social media. The easiest thing to do is just head to our website, which is www.2peasonapod.com. I hope you look me up and join the party. It's a lot of fun. See you soon. Have you ever been reading through a sack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what the Sarkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Listener, if you enjoy the show, may I suggest joining our fan club? You can give back to the show. Uh, visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jockandnerd! And you can support the show on a monthly or annual basis. You get access to bonus things, benefits. There's a bonus podcast feed with instant reactions. We had Black Panther instant reactions this week. The show's come out early. Bonus content on there. You have Discord benefits. You get to hang out with us on our monthly Discord hangout. Uh, this month for November 2022, we'll be doing a Thanksgiving Eve hangout on Wednesday, November 23rd. 8 p.m. Central Time. We can all get drunk together. Uh, I might get shitty because I don't have to work the next day. Nobody does. Nice. So it'll be fun. Uh, there's also a You Pick It tier where you can force us to watch it and review any movie. And you get the benefit of giving back to all the entertainment value we have provided in the seven plus years uh, of the show. Jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Yeah, it's like seven and a half years. It'll be eight years in March, which is crazy. Oh my God. We're wow. getting there. How long? Eight years. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Since 2015, every week, listener, that's worth a buck a month or $3 or whatever you have in Eight your pocket. years. Yeah, it's a long. Yikes. Where does the time go? What are we doing? I, <laughs> I had real teeth when we started. That's how long I've been doing this. Yeah, but those teeth were bad. They, they were, they were, were the not worst good. teeth in the world. That's what I had to get them all removed. Um, <laughs> and, put in. and now you have a lisp. Now I have, mom, my teeth get Wi-Fi. Can- you, every time you say, if, every time you say, Certain letters, a whistle comes out. Yes, but start- on the plus side, I can open <laughs> bottles with my mouth. Uh, I just bite it right off. It's great. They're indestructible. Uh, anyways, jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Let's get to this week's review. 
It is, of course, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Here are your spoiler alerts. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. This is the 30th MCU movie. The seventh and final film of Phase 4. Uh, there's one more Disney Plus thing in Phase 4, which is the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. And then Phase 4, truly over on Rotten Tomatoes right now. But the, this movie is at 84% tomato meter, 7.2 out of 10. Average rating audience giving it a 95%. The first movie, OG Black Panther, still sitting at 96% um, from 2018. Uh, the budget of this movie, $250 million. Huge budget, huge challenges this movie has in terms of the landscape of films coming out, but it does inject that cash that I said it would, kind of brings the box office back to life. It opens domestic opening weekend total $181 million. So far, worldwide has made $331 million. This is without a China and Russia release and i don't think it's getting a china date black adam didn't either i thought there was a story it was but i feel like the chinese market is just fucking shut out hollywood they want to make their own movies well when they originally originally put out the black panther they 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 covered up chadwick boseman's face with the mask on the poster oh they did to sell yeah the movie so it's it's kind of touchy over there what they what they're going to release yeah, and there's there's politics also involved, probably. Like they don't want these movies. Uh the first movie opened, let's uh just to backtrack, uh Black Panther opening weekend, two hundred and two million dollars. Now, that was a different time, a different month. It was a February release. It was a president's day. It had four day, kind of had a four day run. Uh and that one finishes at one point three billion worldwide. But this movie with hundred and eighty one million uh, domestic second biggest opening of the year after Doctor Strange 2, M- Multiverse Madness, which is uh, number one at $187 million. Here's a great stat. $331 million world worldwide, $181 million domestic. It has already made more money domestically in three days than Black Adam has made in the four weeks it has been oh, out. Wow. Black Adam right now sitting domestically $150 million. Worldwide, three hundred and fifty-one million. It almost made more internationally than fucking Black Adam. This is the eighth biggest wow. MCU launch. Isn't that crazy? And it is. That the, is kind of crazy. This is the biggest November opening to date. It beat out 2013's Hunger Games: Catching Fire. That was like one thirty-two. So it's this is a it's a big it's a big hit. These are big numbers. The the box office needed it. It had been sluggish since Doctor Strange. Really. And now I think this thing will have legs. Really, it has nothing to compete with until Avatar in about yep. four weeks, right? So yep, yep. we'll see. I think they can make a really strong run. Uh, creatively, talent, cast, and crew for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. It really, the entire creative cast behind the screen and in front of the screen returning. Uh, directed by Ryan Coogler, written by Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole. You have like Ruthie Carter coming back to do the music. You have Ludwig Gornson coming back to do the score. Uh, and you have Lupita Nyong'o, Denai Guerrera, Winston Duke, Angela Bassett, Tena Huerta joining as a Namor, Letitia Wright, of course, as Shuri, Martin Freeman as Everett Ross, uh, introducing Dominique Thorne as Riri Williams, 
Florence Kasumbe as Io, who's badass, um, and a bunch of other people. But really, it's the it's this family, this Black Panther family got back together, and you know, obviously, the movie faced many challenges. Before we get into that, Anthony, what happens in Black Panther: Wakanda Forever? Oh man, so this is set after Endgame, and no spoiler because we all knew this was happening. Yeah. T'Challa has passed to start the movie, and we're we jump ahead a year later, and everyone is still still dealing with that grief in their own separate ways, but they're also dealing with the fallout of what he did in the first movie, which was a reveal Wakanda to the world. And because of that, the world is very, um, not suspicious, but they, they want the resource that, that Wakanda has, which is vibranium. And they'll do anything it takes to get it, including attacking Wakandan people, mining it in the water. And they somehow have stumbled upon, well, not somehow, they, they find a way to uh, detect uh, vibranium and they find a re- they find a, a a surplus of it in in the water, but this upsets an unknown nation called Talokan, led by Namor, and this brings him into the real world and sets him or brings him into the surface world and sets him into direct potential conflict with Wakanda. And that's the synopsis. Yeah, in my, in yeah. my opinion. Ah, uh, so. Look, after the success of 2018's Black Panther, they, you know, they went ahead with the sequel. It was announced in 2019. Uh, pre-production had started. And then Chadwick Boseman suddenly passes away from sudden to us. He was suffering from colon cancer in August 2020. Didn't let anybody know. Nobody knew about a handful of people. Took the world by shock. 2020 was a fucking bad year. That just one of the challenges. They got to go back. And work this in, uh, Kevin Feige decides not to recast T'Challa, and to, but to honor him. On top of that, you have Letitia Wright gets into a, an accident on set. They have to halt production for a while. They're shooting in the pandemic. Lots of crazy challenges. Restructuring the whole plot. Uh, and Anthony, how do you think they did? Facing all these challenges, what did you, how, what did you feel coming out of this movie? I'll start off by saying I did like it. I thought it was a solid film. I thought overall, when you're factoring in the up and the unevenness of Phase Four and a lot of the stuff we've lately gotten from Phase Four, which uh, was leaned a little bit more comedic, if not uh, parody type shit. Yeah, it was nice to see Marvel. You know, they had a a movie that they treated seriously, and it was appropriate because. I don't think you could make a jokey movie after Chadwick Boseman's death, but even the original Black Panther was was yeah wasn't like wasn't based on the jokes. The humor was still in this movie, but it was more baked into the character moments than like hey, we need to have a funny scene right. type shit. So overall, I did like the movie. I don't think it's be- it's not better in my opinion than the first Black Panther. I think the movie does a really good job um, honoring Chadwick and letting each character grieve on screen. It seems like every, every character got a chance to kind of have their moment where they're crying or reacting to what had happened to, to the actor. Um, I think the movie is a little, is a bit long. I think it's a little too long. I think it struggles with balancing, honoring Chadwick along with the main plot 
which is this battle between Wakanda and Talokan and uh, all the subtext underneath that battle. And then there's a lot of side plots, including yeah. uh, Ironheart, uh, Martin Freeman, Okoye, and becoming, I think, the Midnight Angels, which I found out about after. I didn't know that was a thing. So there's it kind of struggles under the weight of all the things it's trying to balance. But I think overall, I liked the film. I think there's a lot of good things in the film. And all things considered with the fact that your main actor dies right before you're starting filming the film and you'd already written the script and you have to do a, a pivot and factor that in. And then, you know, we, they decide not to recast the character for reasons that I think are pretty noble. So you factor all that in. I think all things considered, it's an admirable job. And I think overall, I think the movie is um, a success and at least in terms of creating an entertaining story that's serious and honors a fallen actor. Yeah, it had quite a feat to pull off. I did read a sad story of Kugler was talking about how he had sent uh, Chadwick Boseman the script that he had, and he writes long scripts. It was like 300 pages, and Chadwick didn't... He, he told him he didn't get a chance to read it because he was too tired. So he didn't even get to read uh, what was going to happen. Uh, Ruggs, how did you feel coming out of this? Was T'Challa still a presence in the movie for you? Well... Uh- Somewhat, yeah. I mean, it was good to uh, get those moments. Uh, they did the right thing by having it be very still and quiet in those moments, as you could actually, uh, you're not being inundated with music and music cues to try and make you feel something. You just kind of like let the moment wash over you. And I thought that was very astute on the director's part there. So I, I like those moments. And, and, um, I uh, was very happy I didn't fall asleep. <laughs> yes. The movie. That's good. Yes, me too. That's good. Especially at your age. <laughs> I went I went early in the morning. Oh, there you go. <laughs> went a matinee. And, uh, it was the 6.30 a.m. show. <laughs> I drank a gigantic Dunkin' Donuts coffee black because I was seeing Black Panther. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I... Uh, <laughs> did you I do that for Black Panther, Adam, too? And Black Adam? Well, listen, yeah. No, I just because oh, wow. I was watching the movie, not because it's black, no, not because it was Black Panther, because it was it was I got the most amount of caffeine without any uh, watering down or milking down of it, and um, I wait I was awake the whole time. Um, let's see, uh, do I have any criticisms of it? I mean, Anthony, you pretty much said everything I was going to say. Oh, sorry. So I don't have to do anything. It's uh, it's over. Like yeah, let's 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 give it a score. I okay, hold on, <laughs> slow your roll, Cuckoo Con Rugs. I also I really enjoyed the movie overall. The more I thought about it, the more it stuck with me. And the, what they had to accomplish, I think they absolutely uh, may give you a very emotional, somber movie with you know themes of grieving and revenge and grief and the tributes. Kind of the book ended tribute to T'Challa was great. Uh, I do agree; it could have been trimmed. It was a little long. But I love. I think you could have cut out like Martin Freeman. Mm-hmm. You could have cut out Louis Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yep. You could even cut out Riri Williams if yep. you really wanted. Well, well, you definitely yes. can. There's some fun cameos that I didn't expect, like uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus as Valentina Contessa. Uh, Riri. Wo- I didn't think it was fun. I thought that would pull me out of the movie. It, w- it was yeah, kind of I, unnecessary. I, 
I would jump in and say I don't really consider that a cameo because she was in a couple scenes. A cameo would oh. be she shows up in one oh, scene, but okay, okay. she was in a couple scenes yeah. and, and she had a whole subplot of like dating Martin Freeman no, and being his wife she's at some his point. ex-wife and now the director of the CIA, apparently. Right. I thought I, I completely agree. I think that was you didn't need that for all intents and purposes. You didn't really need Riri Williams either. I mean, they worked you, it into the plot kind of well because, like, he was looking for her, but she ultimately becomes a MacGuffin and the device is a MacGuffin. It reminded me a lot of America Chavez and a lot of the introductions of these new characters we have seen so far in Phase 4 where she's almost just, like, a plot, more of a plot device. I did appreciate that the Riri Williams character gave us a little bit of humor. Like, she had some good lines. Uh, I think her acting was good yeah. and everything like that. I just feel like it felt like we didn't need this character in this movie. It doesn't really serve any purpose other than to be a MacGuffin. And they wrote this person to be a MacGuffin. Yeah. So it sticks out. Yep. It's not like, like the, the entire story, like the way that they wrote it, it, it felt like they were putting all these elements in play that didn't need to be there. When you could have just had the, the Wakanda versus the Atlanteans or whatever they're called. Now. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I completely agree with that in that I like, Actually, didn't really like her character that much, but I, I did laugh at some stuff. What I, what I agree with Ruggs is that by adding her character and uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus as Valessa Vanessa or what is it, Valerie? What's her name? Uh, Valentina. Valentina. Valentina Contessa like, Allegra. Something. It it's not that they were bad scenes by any by any stretch, but it takes away from what the most interesting thing is, which one or the a plot, which is Namor yeah. and Shuri, and there's all sorts of stuff underneath Namor that's happening. There's all sorts of grief that Shuri's have having having happened. There's Angela, Angela Bassett as Ramunda. There's Okoye's little like Okoye's um, ex- expulsion from the Dormilage. Yeah. So like, there's so many things that you throw these things in, and it just takes away from all the other stuff that's I think more interesting and and serves the st- greater story more. Yeah, and it also muddies up the water and what what the fuck. Um vibranium does and and all that other stuff like if they would have just had like the atlanteans want vibranium because they need it for their city to the talocons whatever they're Uh atlanteans so uh like they need it to power their city they need it for resources they need it blah 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 it would have been a little bit cleaner and then you wouldn't have this weird thing where like vibranium is the thing that makes mutants. Yeah, this is interesting. And he says it's just weird. He says he's a mutant and they're blue because they well, ingested I don't think, it. I don't think I don't think it's the vibranium. I could be wrong because we we're, well, the we, vibranium makes the plant that makes them blue that right. live in the water. The vibranium makes them talocan, but he he's a talocan mutant. Yeah, he no, can fly. now you're on another, like, a, a further mutation that he right. has from having a, I don't know. None of that made any sense to me, by the way. The, the, my mom is human. <laughs> they're both human. They ate the, they, they're both started out human. So I don't understand. I didn't understand plant. that whole. They ate the thing and then, I don't know. They turned yeah, blue. It doesn't, it, it, it doesn't work. Like, for, for Black Panther, it works, I guess, but it's like, no, everybody's eating plants and getting powers. What the fuck is this? So, well, why don't the Wakandans suffer from any kind of vibranium uh, poisoning or anything? You know, you would well, think because that I would think happen. It, it mixes with the heart shaped herb. Oh. Whereas the Talocans ate it from the water. I think it just combined with a different fauna. Yeah, it was like a uh, seaweed. Yeah. Maybe. 
But I, 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 do, I agree like, with that. I think what I do like about the change, though, is Kugler was definitely going for the, not only the subtext, it's, it's kind of written on screen, it's points text, of the fact that these two cultures are less um, different than we would think. Mm. They're both the same, and it's both this theme of if you left these indigenous cultures untouched, look at the potential they would have had, right. what, they, what they would have done. And that that's what I think he's going for, and that fear of now you've opened yourself up to the rest of the world, the rest of these people that naturally want to colonize and take over, and that's the fear that Namor has for his people, and that's the fear that he's seeing because Wakanda's opened up the world to vibranium. And I, I, I like that aspect of it in that it's more of a it's more of a kind of a cultural warfare type thing like a we we are rebelling against colony colonization it's geopolitical type stuff yeah. which is good and so he would have wanted them to just stay hidden why are you doing this uh and if you also if you throw in the fact that while namor actually was prior to aquaman um the fact that aquaman comes out has their whole story and it's Atlantis and Namor's origin is exactly the same as Aquaman's because Aquaman copied Namor. Oh, right. They got would have done the same yeah. exact thing. Yeah. I mean, it's literally, no, his- I understand they had to do that to differentiate it, but then uh, there's the whole hole, a plot hole of like, you got this mutant that can fucking kick ass and he could destroy all the fucking conquerors. That's in true. One, in one fell swoop. He, if he wanted to stop the colonization, he could have totally done it. Who's going to stop him. He could fucking bring down a fucking, a uh, uh, helicarrier, if you want, gonna to. flood the whole world. Yeah, that's true. I just, I don't, I don't know if I think he, they were going with the. Uh, he just doesn't want. He doesn't want. He wants to avoid the war if he has to. But he's, he was building up his army to the point where, because he says in the movie, I don't even care about the scientists anymore. I'm paraphrasing. He goes, I don't care about the scientists anymore. I have a million soldiers at my arms. Right. We're ready now to fucking take over the world. Like we'll, we'll do it now. Because he has that chat with Shuri in the cave. Oh, yeah. No, no. Can I ask you a question about uh, your film viewing experience? Yes. Uh, my, was it dark? Oh, the movie no. itself? No. I didn't think it was that yeah, dark. I had, I had a big problem uh, with the, the. I guess they didn't calibrate it correctly. Yeah, it might have been your It was theater. like, there was a, that scene where Namor comes out of the lake when they're like, Oh, and then that is in the night. That one's not great. Yeah, that one's not great. I couldn't see shit. That was kind of dark, but it that one was dark. Yeah, that specific scene was not. But let me ask you this question because I started thinking about it, and I couldn't remember why does he actually go to them? Like he he discovers the machine is trying to steal his vibranium. He kills all those people, right? But then why did he decide to go? Because they're the only other people with with vibranium, and they may know where. Why does he go to black to Wakanda? Yeah. Why? Because Is they, they're, they're the reason they're looking for vibranium. Right. Yeah, they're the oh, reason. Oh, because they did open so it up he, and now he, everybody's so looking. He, right, right, right. Okay. He's like, you owe us. You Because you opened up the, your world, your you opened your up continent, Pandora's box, yeah. You owe us for this, so you should be our ally against this. She's like, how the fuck did you get in here? Uh, right. that, that was. I mean, you know, it's a, a departure from the comic book character, but I like that they kept a little, the wings on the ankles, the green trunks, but then oh, yeah. added on top of that. Uh, the look of it was great, and the fucking Talicans are badass, uh, providing for some for some good action scenes. What did you guys think of the action overall? That's pretty good. I liked the middle scene where he invades Wakanda, and you see him jutting jutting around, yeah. on his wing in the wings with like around all the, sh- the ships. I thought that was awesome. I thought 
that they were like, we're going, we're embracing that he, this little idiot has wings on his fucking feet, but he, that what the advantage of this is, he's like a fucking gnat. He's like a hummingbird, right? You yeah. can't fucking, he's, you can dart left and right real fast. Yeah. So I liked that they made Namor powerful. I thought the third act scene, they kept cutting between three different fights. Yeah. Which was ruining the rhythm of all the fights. Well, they kind of did that in the the in the in the first movie in the last battle. There was a lot of yeah, little mini didn't fights work then, going yeah. around. I uh, like the scene on the bridge too, at, in Boston when they go MIT. Yeah, that's a good one. That that's was a, a fucking one. crazy scene where she she uh, gets taken by them. They that was that was a good one where Atuma is like calling her warrior yeah. and like challenging her. Okoye. that that I thought was good. So two out of three. I just didn't like the third one just because of how how much they were cutting, and that goes back to the fact that. I don't think he needed Ironheart in the movie. So she, you have to have her versus someone. I think she's versing uh, Namora. Right. And you have the Midnight Angels, Okoye, facing Atuma, which I don't mind. Yeah. But it's the fact that you have three going on at the same time. It's tough to follow. Those sits are kind of cool. Uh, and also, does it make sense to plan a, an attack on the water if you're fighting these people? Who's, whose call was this? I know they wanted to like. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not really. Wanted you. to dry him <laughs> out. Yeah. But like uh, lure him out. Lure all of them to the desert. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're in the water. You know they're gonna fucking. They have strength in the water. But <laughs> yeah, the water bombs are kind of cool though. I like that idea that they. You like that? I don't know. It was water like a bombs? water grenade that just keeps expanding. I think they overused though. I think it was cool a couple of times, yeah. but then there was like way too many. They spent so much time with all this other shit, but I would have liked to actually see like Atlantis or whatever. Yeah, you they could. De- yes, they could have developed and, and see more and Talcum, it's Like man. I don't know, are they advanced? Like, are they like I see this crazy Art Deco looking city or whatever? Like. Uh, you know, Aztec, yeah. I don't know what it is, Mayan, whatever the fuck it is, uh, looking city underneath uh, the water. And I would like to see how that worked out because, like, they're, they seem to be embracing, like, primitive traditions in their warware, but, like, we're supposedly supposed to think that they're advanced. And Wakanda kind of does a better job of that, yeah. kind of yeah. bridging, like, old with the new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would that didn't really work as well, and it, it, maybe it could have been solved by spending a little bit of time in Talokan. So yeah, also, they just bad. talk underwater. That kind of bugged me. Did that bug anybody else? I was like, "Wait, how are you hearing it?" Well, no, but the thing is, you, 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 you they're not, they're not people anymore underneath. Right? They're not tradi- They're not the Homo sapiens right. underneath there. They change color, right? When they go under, they they're, they're, they're normal colored. When they, they come out, they're, come out, they're blue. Except it's uh, Namor. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even catch that. Oh, you didn't? No. I just thought they were blue. That might maybe why I was confused. That uh, <laughs> they were. It was confusing because I had to sit there and figure that one out yeah. for a while. They don't spell that out for you. You gotta, you gotta kind of put that together. Because I, I, I was, was like, also like, oh, there must be some. I'm, I, I was thinking, oh, there must be some Talokans, Talokonians, whatever you call them, Atlanteans that were normal. Pigmented, and then some that were blue. I thought it was a mix, and then I realized when I saw Namora and Atuma underwater that it was the fact that they become blue after. When they come out, when they got to breathe air, yeah. they got those rebreathers on. Uh, I did like. What did you think of how he? They explained the name Namor when he tells that story, and he's like El Niño Sin Amor, the baby without love. Namor, Niño Sin. Yeah, El that one. Niño that Sin one Amor. actually, I thought that was clever. I, I didn't. Was clever. I didn't. I didn't think they would do that. Yeah, to explain. I, it. I didn't know. I, I mean, yeah, that's what uh, that they made it like a Spanish thing. 
Yeah, no, and it. Uh, I mean, I, I again, I do enjoy this switch to Mayan civilization. I think they made it work, and I think they differentiated it from from Aquaman enough. I think that that is uh, a good move, I guess, to make it different from what they did with Atlantis, but in the in Aquaman movie. But I also think that, like, yeah, that's the Aquaman's now the iconic Atlantis, and this isn't. Right. So it's it's yeah. weird. Yeah. It's kind of weird that. The Submariner was the iconic Atlantis, and they deserve to have that. But it's but not. It's, but I guess this is a good substitution. What did you think of uh, Namor's character overall? Did you think he was still Namor in terms of his personality and the way he is? I don't know. Antihero, kind of an asshole. Yeah, I feel like I just feel like he's more. I don't know what the. The word is because he is regal. Yeah, he's very but, regal. Like, but I'm, I'm saying like I, he he feels more like I don't know like like an elitist, and it didn't feel like an elitist here. Yeah, that's a good point. So I don't know, but yeah. I guess you know you want to you want to separate him from the from the colonizers, you know, the uppity colonizers, yeah. the British, <laughs> you know. So like I guess you can, but that's. He was very imperial in his ways, you know. So uh, yeah, he even yeah. says "imperious Rex" at one point. I thought Tenac Huerta in Spanish or Mayan. Yeah, he me. says it. Mayan. He did a good job, Tenac Huerta, playing with the kind of a menacing regal. I, I do agree with that, Rugs. I I think maybe that hopefully they'll get to him to that point because I actually like Namor that way. But he he definitely in the comics has an attitude like I'm fucking better than all of you and my shit don't stink. Like yeah, the fuck yeah, out of my way. Yeah, he yeah. Like, why are you even, like, how dare you even question me? He I'm is the an elitist, man. yes. And he didn't yeah, have so that I, so much here. I feel like that that's something that's fun with the, that's fun about the character, and that we kind of, you know, as I said, things change. They had, they had to distinguish it from Aquaman. And when you have these double characters that kind of like DC's using and Marvel's using, you got to do your best to differentiate. But if it comes at the cost of, like, just the character traits, that's kind of weird. And I think I said you could avoid that if you would have spent more time there and kind of maybe seen a little bit more. Maybe that would somehow come through. I don't know. I think I think it just still goes back to the fact that they just I think they packed too much in the movie mm. and they packed um, they were also balancing the grief of Chadwick. But I think this Marvel movie, don't get me wrong, I liked it. And I'm going to say some things after that I really liked. But I think this movie was suffering from the fact that they wanted to use this as a springboard to other stuff. So you've got Ironheart in it. She's got her own show coming up. Yep. You've got Valentina de la whatever. Yeah. She's got Thunderbolts yep. coming up. Yep. You've got Okoye and the other lady, I forget, Anika doing something because there's a Nakia. Wakanda show coming yeah. out. Yeah. So like you've got three other masters that they're trying to serve in, by, in, in tandem with the main plot and the Chadwick thing. Yeah, just too much. I mean, but I did, oh. I did love the opening. How you know it starts right away. Oh yeah, which, they just don't even, they don't even mess around. Yeah, Shuri trying to save her brother, and you're just like, oh my god! And so they say he died of an. The whole beginning was great. The beginning was great, and it's Fantastic. interesting. They say he died even when even when they go and they're battling them and they're singing and then all the guys are killing themselves. That was cool. Oh yeah. Like, oh, the, the, the with the sirens. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was yeah, awesome. That they, was cool. Yes. Oh, on the on the rig there. Yeah. Like that whole first. I think the first like few minutes of that movie, the first like 15, 20 minutes, was fucking legit. 
and then it kind of like yeah kind of started it so they yeah. say he dies of an illness too which is like so real to to, yeah. to do that like because i was wondering we we're all wondering how are they gonna do this i thought like you could have done a thing where like he just didn't return from the blip or something or he dies nah. in battle but well, look i i have i have questions about that Go ahead. like number one okay so he already dies in the blip yeah, he right? gets yeah, blipped right. away. Yes. So Wakanda's without a king for like five years. Yeah. Right? right. They don't fucking do anything. They don't fucking have some shit contingency plan or like beef up their security. Have like new army shit. They just do nothing with no back, no Black Panther for five years. Was well, Ramonda the queen? Was she on the throne the whole time? You got to imagine she I was. There is. All right. So that's so. N- then the second thing that uh, I thought that was weird. So he like, he dies, and then they have. This big funeral, and then they kill the mother off. Yes, and then they have another funeral. There are two do it funerals twice. in this movie. Yes, it was just—I I don't think they should have killed the mom off. There's no reason for her to die. Well, you know, I think they did that. Is I think that was actually what was going to happen yeah. if Chadwick was in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And I think, given there's some of the maybe the timeline constraints they had, I think you can see where the movie was going, which was Angela Bassett killed it in this movie. And I was oh, like, she was oh, great. Now you lost that character. That character was fucking awesome. She was so good. Like she, I hope she gets an Emmy, an Oscar nomination because it would be the she first might. for an like, MCU actor. So now with the next Black Panther movie, you're going to have Letitia Wright and like what Lupita Nyong'o and the baby. Like they're just hanging out. The together. whole royal like, family is gone now, except for Shuri, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um. And but well, I want to touch on one thing yeah. that Ruggs said because I thought it was a really awesome scene. I thought that scene where the Americans are drilling in and you like rug said the sirens having the people f- come off the thing and it them being underwater and then like kind of like not knowing what's under the water. They shot that almost like a horror film. Yeah. And I thought that was fucking awesome. It's fucking good. Like uh, me and Bilotti would say, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> uh, I thought that was awesome. And what it reminded me of, this is a freaking deep cut for only people that watch Godzilla movies. It reminded me of the opening scene in uh, Godzilla GMK. Where, uh, remember that rugs where they have the sub under the water and you just see Godzilla's Godzilla's uh, fins go through the screen and they're like, oh yeah, and they're in the sub and like, what the fuck was that? And just yeah, it is kind of like opening up as a horror movie. The yeah. only criticism I have of that scene, which I fucking loved, was they introduced this character in Lake Bell. And then they just kill her oh, off. Yeah, Dr. Grant. I thought we were going to yeah. follow her for no. like, I thought she was going to be a character in the movie and then she just dies. She gets killed. She does the voice acting for a lot of the uh, yeah. Marvel stuff. Yeah. I think she does Black Widow or Captain Marvel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. In the What Ifs, I think. Yeah. Or in the, um, I think she's in the Harley Quinn show too. Oh, well, no one's Yeah, no she one. does a lot of voice yeah. work. No one, talk, no one watches that. No, show again, the pur- and then the purple logo, Marvel logo with all, they just put all Chadwick Boseman without any sound, all the Black Panther yeah, appearances. Yeah, that worked great. They, they bookend the movie like that with yeah. that, and then at the end, it's just Shuri crying and burning her and stuff. finishing and her morning. Natural sound. Yes. Yeah. And then here's the thing I thought, another thing they could have trimmed is that part, that part where she's fighting uh, Namor, and she's about, she's like, should I kill him? And we'll get to the the... the the heart-shaped herb uh, scene, but they then they show you the movie again. They you go back and rewind through the movie, showing you clips of the movie you just watched. I was like, is that that wasn't necessary? You well, can trim that out. I think there's other things you can trim out. I think that that one kind of had a point where she's remembering all the she's she's. Did you think it was weird? Struggle. They, they were like 
getting this heart shaped herb and trying to recreate it, and then they give it to her, and she just give her like a little sip, and then the rest of it's still in the bowl. You only need a little bit. She's <laughs> so she three D prints it. She regenerates it, three D prints it. I just thought it was funny. Like they should just be like handing it out to everyone. Like, uh, great, right, let's go to battle. Did you did you guys like the Killmonger? Oh my god, let's talk about that. Scene. She takes the herb after not wanting to take the herb, finally convinces and you know, who does she see when she does the trip into the ancestral plane? Not her mother. Look, you need a you need a cameo. Fucking I was like, Oh shit, it's fucking Eric B. Jordan. No, that's great. I love that whole Eric conversation. Eric Eric, Eric B. Jordan. B. Jordan. Eric his name is Eric <laughs> in the movie. Eric Michael, B and Michael Eric B. Rockham. <laughs> Eric and Rock Eric Rockham and Eric B were in this? I missed it. No, but he's like, are you going to be like your brother or are you more like me? Are you, do you have mercy or are you vengeful? And she was revengeful. And despite the fact that Namor fucking kills her mother, she does let him live and does the right thing, I guess. But I'm like, he killed your fucking mother. And now you're kind of made an alliance with him. I, I like the cameo a lot because I love that character. Yeah. Uh, the only like semi strange thing is he and her, him, his character and her and Black Panther don't have a ton of interaction one, with one another. That's true. So it's kind of shoehorned in that now she's got this rage, but I I, I like him, so it's fine. And I, I, wish, I wish I didn't kill him. <laughs> I felt like, yeah, that was going to... The mother was the only other person you could do a scene with. Right. And I felt like this was at least like a subverting your expectations cameo. You know, we need an obligatory cameo. Let's put it in there. So... You know, it's a Marvel thing. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I also I want to point out something I really, really liked. I thought the uh, composition, the music choices oh, were were awesome. Yes, I loved the music in this movie. The music and I, the score were both fantastic. I thought I thought it was outside of what you typically get from Marvel, which is some pretty generic shit. And every song had some sort of personality to it. And every song I felt like elevated the scenes rather than just accompany the scenes and I, I really enjoyed all the music cues i was listening to the soundtrack on spotify and it is actually it was very good uh, all over the place it, it's in terms all of over the place but they do a great it feels like the movie they do a great job of using african rhythms instruments latin rhythms uh, and instruments uh and there's like spanish rap there's a rap in yucatan you got an english grime dude uh, the, uh and the, it's like the last one kendrick lamar Kind of curated the whole thing, and that was a great album. This time, Ludwig Göransson does it himself, and you, the Rihanna song "Lift Me Up" is is she does two songs, she "Lift did, Me Up" and, and "Born Again." Yes, and they're both very heartfelt. You feel it. Apparently, it's the first song she's put out since like 20, 2016. 2016. Yeah, yeah. So, but drawing, which is cool, right? Yeah. Like, just real touch on that. Like, that's that felt to me very old, like nineties, eighties, yeah. where you would have the famous artist make a song for the movie. Yes, yes. Because you don't get that very much right no. now, right? You get you get movies that ape songs that have been made in the past, but that felt very throwback where you get the artist going, yeah, I'm making a song to accompany the movie. Every song on the soundtrack, too, has, a, you know, melds with the themes. The Ludwig Göransson score, I love the Black Panther score. I love all the, the instruments he used to make it. It's very unique. Uh, but yeah, when, when Letitia Wright becomes Black Panther, they do uh, the Born Again part, but the end of Born Again, where it's, uh, it's I don't even know how to describe it, but she like floats down and they're playing the music and um, Mbaku, who by the way, uh, love Mbaku, oh, like I need to get way this. more time yeah. in that Mbaku movies. with a carrot yes. is MVP. <laughs> Mbaku with a carrot. 
This is my favorite part. He calls her a bald-headed demon. It's just fucking hilarious. He that character actually deserves way more yes. screen time than yes. a lot of some of these characters got in here. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like just his presence was felt. Like even though he wasn't in it a lot, he definitely made an impression, and I loved him with the carrot. <laughs> <laughs> like he, I want to know how that choice was made. Like he was just like, "Yo, I'm fucking eating the carrot," so I'm just gonna <laughs> eat me eating the carrot in this scene. I gotta say, I'm. uh Pleasantly surprised, Ruggs has said a lot of things that he really liked about the movie, which doesn't happen. <laughs> well, very look, often. it's like we all understand that this movie was made uh, in the aftermath of a, yeah. a tragedy yeah. and during a pandemic. That doesn't excuse, like you know, bad things or whatever. But I think for the most part, I went into the movie theater to see a movie, and I was just happy that there wasn't fucking jokes every thirty seconds. Yeah. Mm. And like, I could forgive, like choices if i know why they made them mm-hmm. like i understand why they changed namor because they already had aquaman aquaman's a pretty big character jason momoa is a pretty big star now and you know they gotta do something different they can't just ape that they have to go in, uh, along and make some of those changes so i was okay with uh, a large amount of this movie i was even forgiving like to some of the stuff like the action sequences not being the greatest and this and that so, yeah, I do have uh, good feelings about this movie because it did entertain me in a serious manner. Mm-hmm. And it actually did help me kind of deal with the fact that, you know, this character has passed away in real life. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 was, it, it was Chadwick Boseman. Um, his presence was felt in this movie. Absolutely. The, the whole time. The idea of, listen, we got to move on. Like, uh, I have a part of me wish they, they would have just recast mm-hmm. because I don't know. I feel like the character is bigger than an actor, but I think that so many people associate Black Panther with Chad McBoseman. He that- made that character, right? He makes this role. He created this role. They picked him. He was perfect. This is why he got the role and he was well, perfect think, for it. So I think it's, I think the, the difference is if a character exists long before someone plays them, then the character can survive. But you take a character that's never been played by like the Terminator, you know, like that's Arnold, right? Like, you know, like every time you put someone else, that's not Arnold. You'd still Arnold's the real Terminator. But but live action, this character didn't exist, right? This is a lot of people's first introductions to this character. Let me, let me ask you two questions, Ruggs and Imran. You can also chime in after, uh, two questions. One, what do you think of Shuri's performance as Black Panda? Do you think she can carry the mantle? And two, they kind no. of backdoored <laughs> T'Challa, a, 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 a T'Challa Black Panther by doing, spoiler alert, the son thing. Yes. Where he has a son named T'Challa. So they're yeah. basically writing themselves uh, writing themselves into another scenario where it can be T'Challa again. Yeah, that that's that's felt like a weird, but like it's I felt like they thought it was necessary. Fine. But like I feel like Shuri is a good interim Black Panther. Yeah. Mm. Right. Um. She'll do, but I don't know if I'm going to go back and watch a, another one. Like I watched this specifically to kind of put whatever Black Panther stuff that was still unresolved, like put, get, get over that, you know, get through that mm-hmm. and, and progress to the, and get to see what's happening now that what kind like the, the infinity gauntlets over there's, you know, we've, you know, the blip is over. Uh, we are now getting past this T'Challa tragedy. 
So like, I wanted to see the, the new status quo. And now that I'm back, unless something really interesting happens, I don't know if I'm as down for what's coming next. Mm. I don't know. How do you feel about it? Are you like completely excited for the, I'm like, you're going to, are we going to jump like 30 years into the future when the child's grown <laughs> up? I mean, yeah, what I are we know. doing? Like, I mean, you know, it's like, sure. He's cool, but yeah, I, I like Shuri. I, I think what helped this movie is they kind of did a collective everyone kind of step up. I do still think Chadwick Boseman's presence is definitely missed because I think Letitia Wright did as good a job as she could, but I'm not sure she's best realized as a main character. I think she works better as the sidekick. And maybe maybe I'll grow into liking her more. Um, but they kind of wrote it in a way at the end where she she's off doing her own thing and I don't think she's the queen of Wakanda anymore. I think they're setting up M'Baku. Right, like M'Baku wanted to take the throne and she didn't, right. she didn't so want to maybe, do it. And I would love to see, I would love to see M'Baku get a, a lead like in, in, Wakanda, in the next Black Panther if that's what they, they're thinking. I don't know if that's in the cards, but I think that guy is awesome. I think Winston Duke, Winston is, Duke great. is great. I, you know what? Listen, the movie is definitely cathartic. It was a cathartic morning collective experience. They had to turn part of this movie into a tribute movie and they absolutely succeed in doing that like you said anthony the women cast the female cast definitely stepped up they became they were amazing and i thought letitia wright did a really good job like it was a shuri movie she's almost the lead character it's an ensemble but it's all her motivations are are moving everything so i was okay with her being the black panther it happens in the comics I did think it was, I found it a little hard to believe that she could beat fucking Namor and would be that good at fighting, but she did dry him out. He was injured <laughs> and he does drive a pole right through her, but she's got the herb in her. So I don't know. I was like, really? She's going to beat him down like that? Okay, that's fine. Uh, well, it's it's one of those things in this movie, especially, which is a, a criti- criticism is people invent something and they know how to use it right away yeah so you yeah got her yeah. taking the heart-shaped herb she's she knows how to be black Panther. well maybe you that's got, part of the heart-shaped herb is it just perhaps tells, yeah. perhaps but yeah. you do it three times you have that yeah. you have iron heart she makes the armor she knows how to be like iron man yes basically, kind yes sort of. you have the midnight angels they put on the suits for the first time and they're flying around in the midnight angels and suits. they're just like, bad i love those when suits. you do it three times yeah. it's a little late also how did she fucking figure out how to detect vibranium wouldn't you need a sample how does any of that work I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the mid credit scene, you know, Nakia in the movie, she's she's been living in Haiti. She left. She never came back. Uh, and then we learn that there's what, a six-year-old son named Toussaint, but his name is actually Prince T'Challa. And I was like, oh, that's really smart. That is a nice way to do it because you can have your cake and eat it too. You have your tribute to Chadwick Boseman, to T'Challa. You get to grieve. It's like, Rainera after the new uh, male heir is born. Right, exactly. <laughs> the, the the only it's issue smart. is, and Ruggs t- touched on it, is, I mean, he's got to be, what, five, six? He's six you're gonna years have old. To age, yeah, but you're going to have to age him up real there's fast. There's time travel in the MCU. There's multiple units. Like, Kang is coming. What if Kang pulls him from the future and brings him back? Like, they can write around that easily. I do agree. I don't know if I'd want to see another Black Panther, which sure he has Black Panther. Um but the way when they set up the sun, I was like, oh, that's smart. I see what they're doing. So they kind of were able to. They they backdoored another T'Challa in there. Yeah, they did backdoor another T'Challa. I did not see that coming. But in the minute the kids showed up, I was like, well, oh, it's his fucking son. Yeah, it's just weird. I don't know. I I, I was very confused about like the, the absence of Black Panther 
just in Wakanda period for such a long time, and they had no other other characters that were like stepping up other than you know the with the Dora Milaje, and that's it. Like mm. that was it. Like you know, I just I thought felt that. I mean, it, it, I think that's a product of honestly. I think that's I don't if if Avengers Endgame and Infinity War doesn't happen, like I don't think Ryan Coogler is making that choice. I think I think that was just a product of this is a cinematic universe, and other directors and writers are going to take the characters and change things about them that now you have to deal with in the movie. And I think he was just like, I'm not ignoring that. I can't, I can't deal with that. That's because if you think about it too much, you're like, wait a minute, why would they You're like, you're totally right. They'd had five years to figure out what to do without a black Panther. Yeah. And they, they like, they had no plan. Right. And then he comes back and he dies again. Right. It's so weird. So they and all like, like how mourned, long has he been? They king all, they, too? They, yeah. They've all mourned him. Now, who died during the blip? Did did Shuri die? She died. She died too. Yeah. yeah. And he kind of like they think he's dead in the first movie, so they've mourned him several times. Yeah, they have. Uh, but Not ideal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, over and over again. So where do we leave off at the end? Shuri is the new Black Panther. Riri, but she, but she she's the new Black Panther, but she left Wakanda. She's going to be living in hating for Haiti. Oh yeah, for a she bit. goes to live with Nakia is Wakanda and destroyed. Haiti. I don't remember. It, that's the other thing. It, it got flooded a little bit, flooded. but I don't think it's destroyed. It got fucked up a little. It got a little fucked up, but it's still around. Um, Riri Williams. They hit it. They hit in the mountains with the apes. with the yeah. They went Correct. to the Jabari uh, and hung out there. Riri Williams is sent back to Boston without her suit, so the suit's still in Wakanda. Oh, I got to make a comment on her suit. Yeah. I thought it looked like a bad red blue bumble red bumble bumblebee, suit. a little bit bumblebee. I see we're getting that, but it's shaped like a heart. Get it? Iron heart. Was it's it kind of, like the chest oh, plate that. is kind of like a big heart? I didn't see that. I just I noticed the chest plate, but I thought I thought the suit and the CGI around the suit was was not great. Yeah, it didn't look cool at all. And no, no connection. Like Iron Man's Iron Man's color scheme for whatever reason the yellow and red yeah. works so well. Yeah. And but doing the red, black, and, and blue, I think it was, it was like light blue, blue was not yeah. not very pleasing did they mention stark at all for a minute like when the schematics are on there doesn't she like do you have stark uh technology so it has like nothing to do with tony stark which is completely different from the comics she just invented it yeah she just fucking invented uh and then namor decides to keep his alliance with the wakandans because he's like look the people are going to come looking for them they're going to need our help we'll still have the upper hand i guess that's a good move yeah he's got he's got another and Lack of a better term, end game in yeah, mind, yeah. like staying allied with them. So what ha- Like so, let's talk about this. Let's what happens um, in the movie? Uh, so Namor goes to Wakanda and says, "Listen, you need to be partners with us because you know we need to kill this girl." It's all about Riri Williams. They want to kill her. Yeah. Yep. Right. And so now they're like, "Okay, she's cool. We don't need to fight about her." That's the- basically that's what solves the problem, right? They're well, like uh, Namor decides that okay, it's not worth trying to kill this girl. Because, well, he he uh, he 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 gets shown mercy that he's never seen shown in his life by Shuri, and it reminds him of his mom. And then he's like, "All right, well, I'm gonna and not have this war, but I'm still gonna I still I'm not gonna have this war because she showed me mercy, but I'm also in my back pocket keeping them as my ally because I know that the world is gonna turn on them. Yeah. The world is already." The world already thinks Wakanda is the the place that attacked that ship. Right. They, they think, still don't know about the, right. the Talokans. Yeah, and that's that's kind of smart, too. He managed to keep his whole civilization still hidden in secret. Like, not a lot of people know about them. And well, Martin Freeman kind of knew what was going on. Ma- well, Martin Freeman, well, Martin Freeman does, yeah. yeah. 
But like, but so do you think he's thrown in jail? Is Val gonna attack Wakanda now because she thinks they're the bad guys and she wants some vibranium? Is that? I wonder if that'll be in Thunderbolts. Maybe. I don't know, but that, haven't they known about vibranium since they made Captain Shield out of it like a long time ago? Oh, that's a good point. I think there were nobody think about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. It, you know, what? don't think about that. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain it away with like they, they got. You know, Stark that's got a hold that's of, a, a, good point. <laughs> of a meteorite, and uh, he didn't know what it was. He didn't know there was more in Wakanda. There you go. Right. There you go. See, now you explain it away. Yeah, but listen, the costume design, fucking on point as usual. The art direction is it was beautiful. The shots were beautiful. Yeah, all, all really nice. Yeah. You had to learn the actors had to learn how to free dive, and Ryan Coogler had to learn how to swim. Uh, no, not Ryan Coogler. No, I heard it was Coogler who wanted to do. No. What, he was he wanted to go down there and direct. Ten, I learned Tenochtitlan. He, oh yeah, he said something like they asked him like, "Did you know how to swim?" He's like, "Well, I've never drowned." Never drowned. Yeah. He said, but a lot of them had to learn how to swim. Well, they all had, he, they had to learn how to speak Mayan. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that was he cool. They not speak Mayan. Where I, I where I think I give Coogler a lot of credit amongst other things, but I think what he does really well in both Black Panther films, and we've talked about this before, is he does a really good job of. Figuring out however whatever it takes to navigate the Marvel Cinematic Universe yep. sandbox, yep. where these movies are MCU movies, but he does find a way to inject them with something that makes them not feel all like MC other MCU movies. Like there's a lot more culture, there's a lot more subtext in here that's a lot more serious in both of the films than there really is in most other Marvel movies. It didn't feel entirely Marvel formula, but you, you feel it when it's shoehorned in there here and there. But he, right. he, like you said, he's trying to make it its own thing, and I think he succeeds largely. He does. It has the same feeling as the first movie, you know, because all the creative people are back. They, they have discussed the third movie, I read, and there are... That's going like, to happen. Yeah, that's going to happen, and multiple Disney Plus spinoffs are planned. The Ironheart show will probably pick up right after... What happened in this? She's movie. in. She's from Chicago in the comics. Oh, is she? She was yeah. funny. I love that line where she's like, "Oh, y'all decide to stop having Black Panther when I get kidnapped." Like that was kind of fun. She she said something uh, like something's like you better think about your bald head or something like that <laughs> when 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 they're in. I like I like that part where before they get in there, uh, Shuri's like, "Hey, yo, let me holla at you." She like takes the she does like a Chicago <laughs> oh, accent yes. or not Chicago like an American yeah, yeah. uh Af- African American accent. It's like. It's, <laughs> I thought that was a little fun. I thought that was clever. Which is undercover in MIT. Yeah. Trying to get her. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, fun time. All right, let's let's rate it. Let's rank it maybe in phase four or the whole fucking 30 movies, which is very hard. I know. Anthony, final wrap up thoughts and give me your score and your ranking. Oh, phase four movies or phase four overall? No, uh, just let's just do movies. I like it. I think I loved I No Way Home is my favorite of the Phase Four movies, um, but I think I have this tied with Shang Chi. I might there's some days where I might have Shang Chi higher. Yeah, yeah. There's some days where I might have Wakanda Forever higher. And as far as and I, my rating for it is seven and a half. Oh, and I do have it ranked amongst the Marvel movies, and I have it ranked thirteenth out of thirty. So I have it. That's not bad. I have yeah twelve. Shang-Chi and 13 Wakanda forever. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to, it's getting hard to crack. I don't that. have it better than Black Panther, though, for what it's worth. Okay, and did, what did you think? We are, yeah, you already said, did you think it was better than the first one? That's a good question. But it's hard to crack, crack this top 10 of MCU now that there's 30 movies. 
Like it's getting harder. So I think it just misses the top ten. Okay, seven and a half. Uh Ruggs, what would you put it? What would you give it? Final thoughts. Um in the phase four, it's second best. I mean Shang Chi's the next one down. No way home's on the top, you know, obviously. So uh yeah, so it's it's kinda like up in the top ones. I uh Anthony said seven point five. That's like he you know, he's he's like uh, scoring things exactly like how I would score them now. So it's like, I don't even need to be on the show anymore <laughs> at this point. I've, I've just morphed into Rugwood. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's seen enough action movies now. That's right. Now he, <laughs> Once I now start he's... talking about, and what are we watching, bringing up Frank Grillo B-movies yeah. that I went direct to video, we have, you might as well just kill yourself. We have that fouled point. your brain. We have corrupted your little <laughs> yeah. mind. Or you might as well just retire and, and just go do something else. We don't need yes, two of you, should probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, then when Anthony starts losing his teeth, so, so yeah, <laughs> then, then we can replace you. So seven- I start losing my teeth and drinking uh, high noons during the shows. Rugs gives it a seven and a half. I will say, look, for the feat they had to accomplish, I think Kugler succeeds in almost balancing everything. It is a heartfelt tribute. It is somber. The action is good. I don't think it's better than the first Black Panther, though. I will agree because I was just watching the first Black Panther. And man, that whole movie, just the the conflict, the conversation between Killmonger and T'Challa and the fact they have Michael B. Jordan, despite the third act being all rubbery, that movie is still it's still very good. And I was watching Civil War, and that is an amazing appearance by his introduction is so badass. The action yeah. is badass. Yeah. He's so good in that you get his character right away instantly. Uh, despite all that, I, I'm going to give it an eight. Out of 10, and like you guys, Spider-Man No Way Home is my favorite. I'll put this number two, mm. followed by Shang-Chi, and then I think Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, which I really enjoyed. Uh, and then maybe, I don't know, Eternals. Thor, Thor Love and Thunder or Eternals? Yeah. Or Black Widow? Black Widow, mm, I don't know. Those three, uh, That's I don't know which... What order? They all suck for different yeah, reasons. Yeah, they're all kind of tied. <laughs> I don't know which order they go in, but uh, we are at the end of the phase four well, of the movie. Well, let's let's we end this phase four. I mean, I think there's the Guardian special, which technically yes, ends phase four. Yes. But we're for all intents and purposes done with phase four. Yeah. Just quick thoughts on phase four and, and particularly how it ends. Well, you want to do it now? I thought you know you mentioned before a well, phase. I four think we have a lot of shows. Report we, we could probably do a more in depth thing later, but just. How are you feeling now after with this potential with, with this being the end of phase four? I'm happy it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that. Here's the thing is you have seven movies and like 11 things on Disney plus in phase four. I think it started strong and it ends strong. Basically in the middle gets kind of wishy-washy. It's all I, I think there was like black widow wasn't necessary. Uh, uh, Thor, Love and Thunder and uh, Eternals were unnecessary films. So I think the only very few of the films were actually necessary or felt like they they did anything. Mm. Uh, so or were worthwhile to like do a movie about because Eternals don't even acknowledge it anywhere in the you think Marvel Namor universe. Namor would have been like, what's this big fucking guy sticking out of the ocean <laughs> over no, here? They don't. They act like it never happened. So it's like it feels weird that you have. All the synergy and all and all the first phases of Marvel. Yes, and then now there feels like there's nothing makes any 
impact. I would agree with that. The synergy is missing. If you notice, they're doing, first of all, they're doing a thing where they're introducing, you know, the next generation of characters and sometimes they become MacGuffin's plot devices. We've seen that in several of these movies. But also all of the credit scenes refer to the movie itself. They have stopped setting up a bigger thing. So that's the only thing that bugs me is like, yeah, they're in, they're giving us a lot of new characters, but they haven't led any dropped any breadcrumbs as to where everything's going like it used to be. It's a whole different game now after the Infinity Saga ended. That's the problem. It's like, okay, so they they spent how many years telling us, "Hey, we're in making a universe. Yeah. It's all connected and things are oh, we're the only people that are doing this that are doing it so well." And all of a sudden this phase comes out and it feels like they're doing what DC did, like nothing fucking makes sense. And they're just doing whatever they fucking want. And, it, you know, yeah, there's some quality control. But overall, I just don't understand other than introducing characters, what this did. And then out of these characters, maybe like the only one I really like is like what? Like Shang-Chi? That's the They've given I, us I, three mutants, two of which are still alive in phase four. If you count Kamal Khan, Namor, and Professor X, for his oh, little, yeah. count him technically. But so, like they've they've they're setting up lots of different things, but I don't. Where is it going? I'm still like I would take Charlie Cox over all of these characters they introduced. Just put him in the Marvel universe mm. in his own movie. I would walk, fucking watch that any day of the week. We'll get there. He's gonna be. We're gonna get there. Yeah. We're gonna get him. Uh... I'm just saying, like n- when you can't beat something that wasn't even done in your own universe. That was done like six years ago. Right. Yeah. It's something what about wrong. you, Anthony? How are you feeling about Facebook? So including I don't consider I am Groot, but technically that does count. Yeah. It's although it's, I, I never watched it and I don't know if I ever will. Uh there were let's see. It's here. like ten Just things. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. There were uh nineteen no, seventeen things. Yes. That came out in phase one. That's a lot of or things. phase four. I mean, this was their, right when I, they announced Phase 4 and what they had, I was like, this is their experimental phase where they're going to try a bunch of shit. Um, I didn't know, they didn't think that they wouldn't try to connect some of this stuff. Maybe they will in Phase 5 and obviously Phase 6. I think overall it's a, it's a pretty mixed bag, but I do like, I'll say this, I like the fact that we ended with a movie that, whether forced to or not, felt like a return to form in terms of taking this stuff seriously and introducing a character like Namor and all that stuff. I think at least they wrapped up on something where it wasn't just about the jokes and I enjoy that. Well, yeah, there's, there's something of substance in this movie and that's why I liked it a a lot more than the other things that we watched that that, that didn't have really a a big impact. Like I, I was like, okay, it's a movie, but there's all, you know how like, uh, Winter Soldier is like a spy movie yeah, about yeah. like not trusting the government. So this is a movie about colonization and and resources and, and things like that. And I, okay, so at least it's about something, mm-hmm. and and it's serious. And you can you can there's death, and you can feel like that it, they they carried over real life into the actual fiction. And yeah, I think that was a, a crazy move. That was a gamble. Like, and I give them props for that. So like, it was nice to kind of end on that. You're right, Anthony. It's like. Yeah, we're back to making like real movies now instead yeah. of fucking around with this other shit. I'll give uh, Kevin Feige credit for this not recasting thing because he does. In some quote, he says how you know Marvel Comics always reflected the real world, and he felt it was too soon to recast, and we want to do the same thing. 
And then they slip in the little kid at the end. And I was like, oh, you fucking, I see what you're doing. So it, in that way, it's true to the Marvel structure. I did want to point out, uh, as far as new characters, I just was looking at the, the films and the lists. So I'm just going to go down the, this is my, my personal, like a who of the new characters that they've introduced have made any sort of impact. So Black Widow, I think um, we would all, I think, the, what's her face? Florence Pugh. Elena Blanova, yes. Elena Blanova was good. Yeah. Shang-Chi is a good new addition. Eternals is unforgettable. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man's forgettable. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse is forgettable. Thor and Lover, Thunder is forgettable. Black Panther, you get Namor. So there, there's two right there from the movies. Three right there from the movies, which is not a ton. America Chavez didn't um, do nothing for you. Or, no, no, not yet. No, no. no. she's got to. They got to do more with that if they want to make that an impactful yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. Loki, do you do Kang? Yeah, so kind of. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, not really. Hawkeye, you did get uh, you got, Kate Bishop, you got which Kate is nice. Bishop. And then Moon Knight, you got uh, Isaac Oscar Isaac, which I hope he comes back. Kamala Khan and Miss Marvel. Yep. And I'm gonna say She Hulk right now because I I like what's her face She Hulk as uh, Tatiana Maslany, but I think. It's so polarizing that I don't think that character has the impact yet. So I would would not say she's made an impact. Mm. I think she. I made. feel like she's got potential. Yes, yeah, yeah. made a little. They I wrote feel like her, potential oh there. I, I just think they did her dirty big yep. time. Uh, what was the other guy that you brought up? Um, oh, U.S. Agent. Oh yes, got, U.S. Agent got, has had impact. You got no cap going on. Yeah. I mean, all those Thunderbolts <laughs> well, people that you're gonna. They, I liked U.S. Agent yeah. um, until they did a weird turn where they made him a good guy at the end, and I was like, wait, wait, what? Well, it's, yeah, yeah, because he was a bad guy throughout the whole thing, and then the last episode, they're like, "Oh, now he's like, good." I don't think he's a good character, but at least uh, they could. He might be useful. Yeah, that's nobody's true. talking about Echo, by the way. Oh yeah, no, what about I, there I, was Echo or wow. Kate Bishop? Yeah. Are we talking about Kate, Kate Bishop? Bishop. Yeah. She, she, I brought up Kate Bishop, yeah. but the, I, that's crazy to me because I looked. I'm looking at every series, and I looked at totally Hawkeye and thought of Kate Bishop. Yeah. For totally forgot Echo yeah. was in that. She's series. getting her own show. She's getting her own show. Though. <laughs> Uh, Similarly, I looked at WandaVision, totally forgot Agatha yeah. was in it. She's getting her own yeah, show. Yeah, some <laughs> of them, uh, some hits, yeah. some just whatever. Well, we got, uh, what's, her, what's her face in there? Uh, the other one, the other Captain Marvel. Oh, Mala yeah. Khan is all the, she's, yeah, she's definitely. No, not, not her, the other <laughs> oh, one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Photon. Monica Rambeau. Photon. Yeah. Wait, Monica Rambeau. Yeah. Yeah, still if, iffy on that character. But you also had you do more the work. Moon Knight. Uh, she became uh, the his girl. Moon Knight could be cool. The, what was, no, I, I like, mentioned Oscar Isaac. The yeah, I thought he was, I think Moon Knight has got, has, got, has got a lot of potential. What about the girl? She got a suit and she's a superhero now. The, no, the no, scarab, now, beetle right. scarab, whatever. What's what's she's, her name? I can't remember, but she was exactly. awesome. Fuck. <laughs> the girl in Moon Knight. The girl in Moon Knight. I mean, she was cute. She's, she's was she wasn't bad. Yeah. I'm not saying she's bad. I'm just saying. When you watch all this stuff in Phase Four and a lot, they introduce a lot of new characters. But who do you remember? Actually, listen, don't, don't just don't count Kingo out. He's gonna come back hard. Oh Male Kingo. Kingo. Oh my god, be a thing any day. Layla, Kingo. Layla, that's right. Scarlet Scarab. Scarlet Scarab. She's the scar. She's a badass suit. Fucking wings. Did she? I forgot what she yeah, had. Yeah, what, she had like the suit. The, the 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 hippo gave her yeah, the wings. Yeah, the hippo gave her a suit and powers and oh, shit. She right. became an avatar of. I totally forgot. Thing. It's a fun show. It's, that's me forgetting about this stuff because I used to be able to remember everything like the back of my hand. Well, that either shows that there's just too much or I'm starting to get old. We also have Werewolf by Night. He didn't leave an oh, impact. I forgot about Werewolf. Oh, welcome to the club. 
Uh, <laughs> Werewolf by Night, you're right. He that's an impact. I want to see character. him and Moon Knight and fucking Blade get together. Werewolf and what's his face in the same sh- in the same thing. Yes, I want to see. Man thing, I need yeah. to see more of them. More in Baku, also, please. Ted, yeah, Ted, Ted. All yeah. right, uh, there's still more comments about Black Panther from our listeners. Oh, let's, hear let's do some news from the nation. <laughs> It's time for news, for news from, the, from nation. the nation. It's time for news from the nation. Oh. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. That's really good. Uh, oh. Oh, uh, some interesting comments. Not everybody's on the same page with this movie, which is what I love about our listeners. Uh, Blake Braden. He's re- he said he really enjoyed his film. Here's his prose. Coogler did a great job showing how each character processed their grief in different ways. He said it felt less of an MCU template movie and definitely had Coogler stamp all over this. Angela Bassett, Lupita Nyong'o, Denai Guerrero, Winston Duke, exceptional. Angela Bassett killing it. Funeral scene for T'Challa, opening MCU sequence, got him a little teary-eyed. It's a hell of a lot better than Black Adam. Well, that's not hard to do. Skip it. He said he liked the mid credit scene where it gives the MCU the potential to have another T'Challa take the helm if they want to go a different direction other than Shuri. And then Michael B. Jordan, that Killmonger swagger is unreal. Cons, he says, I thought CGI for the Ironheart suit and Dora Milaje underwater suits were very poorly done. I felt Dominique Thorne may have been overacting a bit, kind of felt shoved into the story. The first hour and a half was really slow with the understanding there was a lot they needed to go over with Bozeman's death. But I was dozing off when Shuri volunteered to travel to Telecon. Oh, see, he's suffering from what we have. But he does give it an 8 out of 10 still. Billy Trosper says, I had someone shout in my theater, best comic book movie of the year, which from an MCU fan I had to disagree and say Batman won. I will forever have in the back of my mind what this movie would have been like had Chadwick not passed 7 out of 10. That's something I was kept thinking about. I was like, man, imagine fucking Chadwick Black Panther fighting Namor. Like, what would they would they were gonna do like a dual kings type thing? Yes, kings battling him. You know, processing losing five years and then oh, both of them going head to head. Like, I watching this movie, I really wanted to see that. Um, Samuel said, totally called the kid. Was surprised with the queen's outcome. Uh, Michael B. Jordan cameo was shocking, but made sense with what Shuri was feeling at the time. And I understood why the third act fight ended, but they just showed up and said, stop. And that was that. And I was like, okay, then (laughs) he does give it an eight out of 10. That is kind of funny because they're fighting and then they show up and he's like, where'd this stop fighting? And then they just stop. (laughs) They stop fighting. Well, that's because he's cuckoo. He's cuckoo clan, the feathered serpent god. I love the way Mbaku says that. Mbaku is fucking fantastic. They call him, his people call him Cool Cool Khan, the Feather Suppet <laughs> King. He's so great. I need more of him. John Bellotti Jr., our admin of the group, said, So I need time to digest it, but Marvel should throw a huge bag of money at the John Wick action choreographers so they can get better fighting action sequences. Kugler's weakness has always been with the action stuff. Then he says, Fast and Furious 7 did their tribute better. Oh, shit. So let's talk about that because you have the the examples of like the Dark Knight and Fast and Furious 7. The difference being that they had shot a lot with both Heath Ledger and Paul Walker when they passed. So they could finish the movie where this is like completely different situation. But do you think that Fast and Furious was a better tribute? Basically is my question. I don't know. Well, uh, I mean, not really. No, 
I mean, they made a great song around it, though. It's been a long way. Like the uh, I forgot the, who sings that song. It's like Wiz Khalifa and someone else. Oh, it was like a tribute song for Paul Walker. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's always nice, but uh, I mean, no, I don't think so. It's all about family. I mean, I see. <laughs> I have to say that he was really harping on the uh, the action scenes, which I could see. Like there was a lot of cuts in that last one. That uh, those action scenes are a little sloppy. They're jumpy. a little sloppy. The one on the bridge I thought was pretty good though, because you could see Okaye actually yeah, fighting. Yeah, that was probably the best shot one. Yeah. Uh, Rick Martinez. Oh, sorry, Jose Ibarra just says Wakanda, where every day is an arm day. Apparently, everyone is checked. Kelsey Carter says, wasn't the best MCU film, but I think it was a great way to send off T'Challa. And Chadwick, great to see Ironheart on the screen, but also, meh. Rick Martinez says, Marvel hires the beautiful Lake Bell, <laughs> only to kill her off in five minutes. Floppy jock. Floppy jock. See, here's a Lake Bell fan. Joe Henry says, I'm going to be controversial, but Black Adam is a better movie. Oh, shit. Oh. Sorry, didn't like it. Script felt rushed, and Namor was poorly written. Floppy jock. Floppy jock. If I had to rank it out of the MCU films in Phase 4, I'm putting it maybe only ahead of the Eternals. Acting was the only high point for me. Story, meh. Action, not done up to par. Shaky cam, some scenes, it was hard to follow. Just forgettable. Yeah, the mm. acting was great in this movie. That's what helps it a lot, I think. I think it does save it a lot, but wow. Yeah, Joe Henry, a, uh, different uh, Disagree, opinion. Joe Henry, but, you know, movie art is subjective. It right? is, and I like hearing opposing opinions. So I thought that was I could see that opinion yeah. and, and be But Black Adam is not a better movie. Come on. Mate, no. Nah. Yeah, I mean, you, you're going to go, oh, the acting's better. Yeah. Um, well, acting is a pretty big point, big thing in movies. <laughs> it's kind of all of it. You got the you got the kid in Black Adam. You like the kid? Oh, you don't Joe think Henry? the kid in Black Adam was great? He was a great actor. I bought <laughs> you it. You don't think he was like get a, he's going to get an Oscar nominee? He, him or Angela Bassett? Who's doing mm, the better? Let's see. That's a tough I call. Don't know. The kid can skateboard. <laughs> can Angela Bassett skateboard? I don't know. I guarantee you, she could fucking skateboard better than that. She was probably she was badass. <laughs> I guarantee dude. you, she could. She can land an Ollie, no problem. She, I hope she gets an Oscar nomination. Okay, let's finish up with some what are we watching. Uh, there's a spoiler alert for things. I don't know what. Spoiler Who alert. has caught up to Andor? I did. You did. Anthony? I think I'm now four or five episodes behind. Son of a bitch. This last episode, 10, they put out probably my favorite episode of Andor. It was thrilling, exciting. I, I was on the edge of my seat. Rugs, what would you think of this? Yeah, anyone... Uh, uh, who hasn't watched this show should watch it because uh, uh, that last episode, uh, you know, all that happens is something very simple. Yes. Like it's not some kind of fucking mind blow thing. It's just like, it, this is something that has to happen. There's in this stakes. story. There's life and death yeah, stakes. Like there's only, this is what they have to do. They have to do whatever this thing is and you can't avoid it. And it, it happens and it's fucking a nail biter so and it is great. And it's well acted and there's uh impact in there. So for Star Wars, I'm like, wow, I've never seen anything this good uh, as far as performance wise, direction wise. Uh, it was really like probably even out of all the movies, this is the best acting and tension that you ever had. Wow. In the Star I mean, Wars. you have a great action tense scene and then it ends with this amazing monologue by Skarsgård. Like I just, I, I, I thought watch. the writing was incredible. And, uh, I was like, it's nothing. And the thing is, is Anthony, nothing out of that crazy is going on. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just that it's handled very well. Yeah. I, I, and, I liked it up until I live liked it. I just stopped watching after, uh, the big, uh, 
what was it? The raid on the compound? The, yeah, the Aldani thing. Yeah, I, I don't want to make it sound like it's like some kind of bullshit's going to happen that's going to blow your mind. Just very competently done, and it's just out of character for for Star Wars to be this kind of good. I thought it was like, the best episode of the like, season. Yeah, well, you know, uh, it it is because of what's happening. Because of the buildup. And I thought it was something yeah. they were going to drag out for another three episodes. And I'm happy they're getting it. And I was almost... It. Yeah. Two episodes ago, I was like, fuck this yeah. show. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, they're moving They're moving on. Yeah, and they're moving on. Oh, it's good. fantastic. And here's a... I just saw this article today. Disney wants people to watch this show so badly because apparently the viewer numbers aren't good, but it is like the best Star Wars show. They are airing the first two episodes of Andor... November 23rd on ABC, FX, Freeform, and Hulu. It will be aired on network television and available on Hulu to get people. Uh, Brilliant. Hooked, Do it. Which, I, I mean, it is. It's one of the best Star Wars things I've seen in a long time. I can't wait. There's two episodes left. I want to review. There's people who hate this who are Star Wars fans. I mean, it's, that's the thing. It's not Star It's like so not Star Wars. It is a show where. People shoot with lasers and they actually hit what they're shooting and the people die. Not none of this fucking stormtrooper bullshit. Like they're not missing. There's death. It's I mean, we talked about the beginning. How there's like sex yeah. and death and murder. And you're just like, holy shit. It's like an HBO show. I love it. It's good. Uh, uh, okay. What else? Uh, who wants to go next? Anthony, what have you been watching? You watch any 90s movies? No, no, I haven't. I need to step up my game. Um, but I'm very curious because I see a list of 90s movies on here. Yeah, Rugs. Rugs went through a little binge. What'd you watch, Rugs? Yeah. I watched Sudden Death and I went to Sudden Sleep. <laughs> oh, no, no. Did you really? Van Damme hockey yeah, movie. Yeah, I felt it was really, really boring. <laughs> wow. It moved at a snail's pace. Oh, shit. Um, we know, we no, know like, what he thinks, how he's going to vote whoever yeah. the movie goes up yeah. against. So, I mean, like, I have to, I didn't get to the end of it. I wow. like, I think, I think I, uh, I was like uh, very, very uh, enthusiastic when he was beating up the, the penguin. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of like uh, it just took forever to get going. Like, I'm like, all right, what's happening? <laughs> then when I, then you find out that the, the cop is really bad and working for the dude. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're gonna, this is going to take forever. It gets up. So, um, yeah, because I'm like, now they're showing this like at the very this point in the movie is weird. So um, it just was very, the pacing was very strange for me. Um, then I watched Total Recall. Oh, classic all time. I need to, I need to watch that. Full disclosure, I haven't watched Total Recall in a long yeah, time. Yeah, me neither. And I fucking enjoyed the shit out of this. Mm. Um, I forgot that this movie was like a movie that Arnold should not have been in. <laughs> and it was great. It's like, Arnold has to do a lot of heavy lifting in this it's movie. It's a high I'm concept, talking, high concept sci-fi. Yeah, kind of thing. it's a fucking sci-fi yeah. Paul Verhoeven yeah. commentary yeah. and like uh, uh, memories and uh, are you really living? It's, it's, it's very Matrixy, yeah. you know. Yeah, and you got Quato in there, Cohagen. That was interesting. I mean, you have him shooting Sharon Stone and going, "Consider this a divorce." He still gets great. to have great lines. You almost see Sharon Stone's boobs like three times, but you never actually see them. I, I'll watch that but, again. That's um, a fucking great movie. But um, good time. Good time. Uh, very strange set designs. Very weird. Like every mutant has a vagina on their face. <laughs> uh, like very fun, like interesting. Three boobs, though. Weird. Three boob that the three boob ladies in there. Yeah. 
So yeah, it was very good. And I also watched Navy Seals. Oh, you watched oh. the Baladi troll movie that's entered our nineties action tournament. I don't think that's not a troll movie. He likes the movie. Well, okay. And how was but, it, Rugs? How was it? Yeah. It was uh, I don't really it, he doesn't have the words. <laughs> sometimes it's good. Okay. Right? And sometimes you don't know what you're watching. Uh it's very uneven because sometimes it really clicks into a certain Remember when we were watching like uh, the Chuck Norris movie? Yep. Where yes. like it felt like it was like a fucking documentary. Yes. And all of a Delta sudden, Force. Yes. Like Chuck, Chuck Norris is on a motorcycle shooting missiles. Yes. yes. It's kind of like like a studio made this movie. This was not like a fucking B movie. Yeah. This was like a real production, you know, with with the like all of the army, like kind of like Top Gun, all yeah, the army yeah. fucking toys yeah, and yeah. stuff available, and they're using them, and you know they're using them to great effect. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's shot on like uh, uh, either a location or a set that's pretty convincing. Like uh, they're they're riding through towns that are like all fucking shot up and stuff. So there is um, aspects of it that make it feel like sometimes you're watching Red Dawn, you know, like that level. Hmm, yeah. Wow. Um, so it's not like bad. It's actually kind of better than I thought it would be. In certain parts, in certain parts, it's like safe by the bell for some. Better than sudden death. <laughs> um, did you fall asleep during? Yeah, no, I did That's not. Nice. All right. it's better than sudden death. Yeah, it was. It moved. Uh, Charlie Sheen is fucking ridiculous in this movie. <laughs> oh my god, he's like, he's like the the loose cannon. Of course, uh, he's like looking for the thrill, you know. And then like, hey, you know, Michael Bean is uh, please playing off of him. Uh, it's very weird. Val Kilmer's wife is the woman in this movie. And they, she, like, she clearly wants to bang Michael Bean the whole time. And she, it's, it's fun. It's just very strange. Um, uh, Val Kilmer must have been on scene, like, pacing the whole time that they were doing. And, um, I, I don't know. It was, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad either. I thought it was going to be way worse. You got to watch that. We have to watch that. It, look, it's not a great movie, but it's, if you're putting it, in the scheme of 90s films, I don't know if it gets to the top or even near the top, but it's definitely middle of the pack, I would say. Um, so I'm going to, I'll reveal that. Um, also, besides Navy SEALs, I also rewatched some episodes of Thundar the Barbarian. The cartoon from the 80s? No way. Yeah, I was just like, you know, let me, let me crack this. Where is that? Where can you watch that? It's on Amazon. Oh, and um, I, I don't know if you remember. Thunder of the Barbarian. A little bit. But, I remember it a little bit. So what happens is a comet passes in front of the Earth and fucks with everything, and there's like a cataclysm, and fucking the whole Earth is just fucked oh, up. Oh, so this is Earth where this takes place, all these crazy creatures yeah. and monsters. So there, so this is like post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic okay. and uh, there's like people, there's mutants, yeah. and then there's like uh, there's magic, There's it's like this fucking people with dragons. There's all kinds of weird shit, and then Thundor somehow is a barbarian that has a sun sword, like a lightsaber, basically. And he teams up with this giant thing called Ukla the Mock, which is like this kind of like uh, like a Chewbacca type yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And then he's got this like hot princess that he. And the reason why I watched this is because I was in such withdrawals from Primal, I needed to oh, watch yeah. something that was kind of akin to it, and this was like the closest thing. Is I it fun? Do, so. Um, I think it's like, it's definitely interesting and it's, it's, it's not written for little kids. Oh, wow. 
It was a little bit more intelligent. This was a Saturday it morning is, cartoon. It, it, it is kind of stilted, but um, but it, a little bit wooden in places. But it um, it doesn't have like a happy like He Man. You learn, learn a lesson at the end of this. No, here they just fuck shit up. This is like a darker He Man from what I remember. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, it's just and Alex Toth did all the designs oh, for it. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, so yeah, I just gave it a, a little spin it down there. Spin. Like this is this would be something that they could totally make into a franchise. I could see it being a franchise. You should bring this back. Bring back. Yeah, make a movie out of that. I was uh, scrolling around Netflix and noticed Rush Hour is on Netflix. And I was like, oh, that's that's a movie in our 90s action tournament. Let me give it a spin. Very enjoyable movie still. I don't know. It's not really like an action action movie. It's really more of a comedy, a buddy comedy. Yeah, Uh, there's action in it. There is action in it. There's some fun I mean, scenes. There's Jackie Chan. Jackie, Chan's I mean, Jackie Chan beats up a bunch of people in a in a pool in hall. A pool there's hall. one. There's him and Chris Tucker beating up people in the top of the restaurant. And then there's the final action scene. Which one of y'all kick me? I did. Did you realize? Oh I didn't God. remember that they made Jackie Chan say the N word twice. They did. Yes. Twice. They made. I was yep. like, did he know what he was saying? I bet he still doesn't know what they made oh, him you, say. You watch that movie and you go, man. They, there's no way they could make this movie now. No, there's no way. I can't believe the, he the said amount that. of jo- not only the, him saying the n word, yeah. but the amount of racist jokes yes. Chris Tucker makes at Jackie Chan's expense. <laughs> oh my god, that's right. All y'all look alike. Yes. <laughs> uh, but dude, Chris Tucker is hilarious in in it's, the movie. It's, it's, I so love funny. that movie. So that's that's gonna be a good. A that's good one pick. of my all time. That's a movie I will. I'll watch. I, I I love that movie. It's a fun rewatch. Like you can always have fun with it. Uh, Don't you ever touch a black man's radio? He's boy? Like, oh, you can you do this to the Beach Boys? Can you do this to the Beach All Boys? All the dancing. No. He does a great Michael Jackson too impersonation. He was in the oh, Michael yeah. Jackson video later for uh, one of the songs. Did you notice? The- uh, uh, is it Chris Penn? Yes, Chris movie. Penn is great. Yes, yeah, yeah, Mister. Mr. Uh, best of the best. He's Chris selling ben. him the, the yeah. C4. He's the C4 uh, seller. A, a great Taekwondo champion. Oh, best of the best. Yes. <laughs> How do you buy Chris Penn as a Taekwondo? That's a great movie, too. So Rush yeah. Hour is fun. I did check out the first episode of Tulsa King with our boy Sylvester Stallone playing uh, um, a gangster. Basically, the setup is he has been in jail for 25 years. Did you watch with subtitles? Uh, no, well, I did have the captions on, but you can understand what he's saying mostly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's a voice. Not like in Samaritan. There's a lot. No, but there's a lot of voiceover like he does to set up the show. And it's created by Tyler Sheridan, who created Yellowstone. So he plays this gangster, Dwight Manfredi. He's been in jail for 25 years. He didn't name any names. He didn't snitch. He gets back, goes back out. And the world has changed, and they've got new capos, and the 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 mob uh, as a gift it's really a banishment. Give him the whole city of Tulsa, Oklahoma, to run his business, and so it's basically like the gag of dropping Sylvester Stallone in the middle of Tulsa, Oklahoma. It is very cliche. He he gets there and very quickly starts setting up his business and muscles in on a dispensary and starts getting his cut. And he he hooks up with this lady at a bachelor. It was like a bachelorette party. And he just takes her home and they bang. And then later, she's got to be like in her early 40s. She's like, how old are you? He goes, I'm 73. And she freaks out. She's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I have to leave. She's like, I thought you were a hard 55. And it was just <laughs> awkward. But like at 73, he's still fucking banging broads. Uh, can you think he's still, you think he still can get that thing up? Probably not. He's 73 years old. Come on. <laughs> how many? All the fucking shit he's done. It's so. But, but yeah. 
he probably can afford to. Yes. He could find a way. Yes, he can afford to get the injection or the pump or the pills or whatever yeah. he needs. Let me put the little thing in. <laughs> I, you know what? It was fun watching him. He plays a good gangster. It is very... It's very cliche, but it's it's a neat kind of. You want to know why they call me the Italian stallion? <laughs> Fish out of water, kind of gangster. <laughs> I'll thing. go twelve rounds, no day. So I may keep watching it. There's only one episode out on Paramount Plus. I also read that uh, the Rambo isn't done. He's not done with Rambo. What there was, he was. They were planning on doing a prequel, but now, according to the Hollywood Reporter, the prequel is now a sequel that will see him pass the torch. To a new lead for the Rambo yes. franchise. So we're They're gonna call it Rainbow. Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be very inclusive. Uh, apparently they wanted to make right Rambo four in the eighties and he turned down thirty four million dollar payday. What do you mean Rambo four? They made a Rambo four. Oh, uh it, well it says here he revealed <laughs> he turned down thirty four million dollars Ron Reed's thing to star in <laughs> Rambo four. But, no, oh. but when did Rambo four come out? Later, like 12, they, 14 years ago, there's, there's been a Rambo. There was a Rambo five, three years ago. Yeah. Rambo. Four, no. So Rambo four came out in 2008. They were going to make this right. in the 80s, like oh, right oh, after oh. Rambo three. And he turned it down and they did it. So oh. I don't know if it would have been better to do it. There have been five Rambos. Yes. I haven't seen all five Rambos. I kind of want to watch the last two. I haven't seen all five. I seen them all. They're not great. Well, give us a quick rundown on the last two, four and five. Are they good or bad? Well, four is good, and five is not so good. <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> That's what I'd four heard. Is four is actually, four is like, if you can get over the wig that he's got on, <laughs> uh, it's pretty good. Like, there's a scene where he's, like, getting ready for battle, and he's saying, like, his, like, uh, he has, like, this, like, uh, voiceover, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's pretty fucking badass. Hmm. You know, he's like, I'm a demon. I have to kill. You know, kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's, check that I'm one out. I'm going to watch it's four or five. Like, he literally grabs, like, a fifty caliber gun and hits people with it, like, shoots them with it, and they, they explode. <laughs> guts all over the place. Yeah. It's <laughs> fucking insane. Yeah. He's like Jason in that movie. Oh, shit. He's a straight-up <laughs> oh, wow. killer. Okay. Fuck. Mm. Five, he's not fucking so scary. Yeah. Five is the one where he's, like, hiding in the tunnels and the, the cartel finds him. Yeah, or some five shit. is, like, when it's Home Alone. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, Rambo Home Alone. Um, yeah. <laughs> Like, he goes into Mexico to rescue somebody, and they follow him back to his house, and he's, like, he's been, like, little do they know that he's been waiting for some asshole to follow him <laughs> his whole life, and he's got this whole fucking elaborate system, labyrinth in his basement where he fucks, kills him. And like he does kill him pretty cool and everything, but it's just like it's a far cry from that first blood movie. Oh yeah. John it's Rambo. It's got into a whole other territory. Yeah. Just wanted some waffles or whatever it was. Just wanted some bread. Just want something to eat, man. They just want to eat. That's just No, one. that's uh where is that? That's Van Damme. Jean Claude. Jean Claude in uh in Universal Soldier. <laughs> yeah, they're all just trying to eat. What people have it. Let the I, motherfucker eat. I love that line. I just want to eat. And then I wanted to talk a little bit about this season of Saturday Night Live because I'm a diehard SNL guy. I watch it. I've been watching it for fucking decades and I watch every episode and the way, you know, the cast changed the season this year. They lost eight people, eight big hitters, uh, and they got four new people. And well, the season has kind of been garbage. Oh, surprisingly. However, the most recent episode, Dave Chappelle. Hosted. 
know if anybody got the chance to check out some of the Dave Chappelle stuff. I did stuff. watch his monologue, and I watched a couple of skits. Yeah, his model. They gave him an extended monologue where he talks about Kanye and Kyrie Irving and other things, and it was very edgy and funny. Uh, there is a great spoof of House of the Dragon because he comes out. He's like, I love House of the Dragon. I love Game of Thrones. I don't like how they handle the black people in the show, though. This is how it should go. And they do a whole spoof with the Dave Chappelle characters in Game of Thrones playing the Valerians. It's pretty. That's right. Pretty fucking funny. What do you think? Of, what yeah, do you think, good. Ruggs? Well, his monologue was 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 interesting. I felt like it, once again he's he's sitting there on the edge, yeah. saying stuff that might get him in trouble. And I think uh, he likes to do that. And I feel like. Uh, Comedy should be pushing boundaries and 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 uh, things, but I don't know if this is going to play out. Well. Uh, I think that I don't know. I feel like I just watched the uh, Ari Shafir special that's on YouTube, and yeah. uh, it, it, it's all about the Jewish culture and it, all about the stereotypes. And there's a lot of the parallels of like same jokes, same stereotypes, same punchlines. Same like because a lot of these things we've heard a thousand times, but like I guess when as long, as long as you're doing it to your own culture, then it's not offensive, I guess. But uh, you know, it's just like uh, when you have another person is is commenting on the culture, then obviously things become more sensitive and whatever. But you know, I don't know. I mean, like whatever. It's, like it was ballsy. I feel like people can joke about anything. Yeah. I think you should be able to joke about anything as long as you know you're joking. Um. I don't know. I think everybody, just like you were talking about John Oliver the other day, like where he was telling you, oh, all society's going to crumble, and then the election happens, and then nothing, none of that shit. Yeah. What, well, yeah. So there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of, like, you know, people talking about, they like, think that they know what the fuck's going to happen. You can't do this because this is going to happen. I think that just, no, that's not always the case. Sometimes, because they're like, oh, well, if you joke about this, you know, all of this is going to happen. I'm like, no, but people have been joking about this shit. For like fifty years, nothing's happened. Like we remember when we were growing up in the nineties, we made jokes about everything. You were just talking about Rush Hour came out. Yeah. They're making jokes that you did. What happened when that when that movie came out? Did bad things happen? No, but we just have this <laughs> attitude that all bad things are going to happen because of this, and it's just like the slippery slope. Like everything bad's going to yeah, happen. It's the world this. we live in now. It's just one of those things. So like. Part of me is like, yeah, let them fucking say whatever they want. Like we, I remember a time when people did that and nothing happened. So why, what are we so afraid of? I don't understand. So it's just because of the internet and social media is amplifying all this stuff so much that you, you feel it more, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what's happening at SNL as a whole because woof. Wow. This season has not been good. I don't know if they got new writers. Here's a couple of clues. When you know, things are in trouble. The season opens with miles teller hosting, but for the first time, I've never seen them do this. They put Miles Teller in the cold open. They never put the celebrity host in the cold open. That, to me, seemed a little bit desperate. Then they they do multiple musicians as hosts and and a musical act back-to-back. They did Megan Thee Stallion, who she was actually really funny. But then the next week, they do Jack Harlow. And I'm like, who the fuck is Jack Harlow? And I guess well, he's a rapper. He's a rapper who's he's trying. Good. He's popular. Popular. Very popular. He has some TikTok songs. I hear. 
He's trying to well, get in. No, he doesn't have some. No, stop. They turn into TikTok. Have some t- I know. They turn into I know. TikTok. I know. I know. I'm just saying the radio <laughs> is all fucking TikTok songs now. He's gotten popular. But on he's it. trying to break into acting. And that show was not good. They over and over. They do this thing where they take one joke and they've done this in the past. But it's so obvious now. Like a skit, a, a whole skit has one single joke that they come back to and they repeat it and they beat it down. Now, they've done that before. But for some reason, this season, they're doing it all the time, and it's really fucking annoying, and it's bad. They did it in the Chappelle Show skit, but he kind of saved it at the end. Uh, so, and like, they're stunt casting. They bring out fucking celebrities to play themselves, like Tom Hanks pops up, and that's just to have David S. Pumpkins. The problem is the stunt cast doesn't give anybody in the cast a chance to do an impersonation, to have a breakout recurring role or character like they don't do that anymore well, impersonations are bad now imran you can't but that's what snl was built on was parody was satire was recurring characters you can't do that anymore imran you can't do anything no, just funny fucking tom hanks shows up and did you understand it's annoying it's i i'm i i kind of want to talk to scott weinstein who still works there buddy who's been on the show i'm like what is happening over there well, he's not going to tell you. I what's know going because on. even Weekend Update has been usually the strongest. <laughs> has been kind of weak, so I, it, I don't know. I don't know if there is a breakout star. Yeah, why, why don't no, you look, I think. Look, I think Weekend Update can still be funny. There was a couple of funny jokes in this yeah. week's uh, update. Yeah, yeah, and usually that's where you're going to find the best jokes. Yeah, uh, the skits. I think that that's all on the players and the writers yep. and their ability to write long form skits yep. like. Jokes are one thing, right? You could do a joke and then you move on to the next one and then blah, blah, blah. A skit is kind of its own thing. And I think that that's a lost art almost, skit writing. Um, and knowing when to kind of go home before you're, you overstage your welcome. So, and before you beat something into the, into the, the ground or you got a one trick pony. Those are all things that I, you know, especially when you have a new cast, they got to work that stuff out. I mean, I don't know if they're going to get canceled. The show's been on for like 46 years at this point. And well, what are the ratings like? Are they? Good? I, don't I don't know. know. And like, it's hard because, you know, now there's little clips. They go everywhere. They don't they don't. Yeah, I don't watch it live. I watch right, it the next right. day. On, I think the live uh, live ratings have gone down because people just go to YouTube and they watch the the and they kind of have to like write for that too, right? A little bit so that these things go viral. So it's just I don't know. It's different, but I'm like, man, this is exceptionally bad. And listen, I'm an SNL apologist. Like I'll fucking defend it, but I'm like, this season, fuck, dude. Listen, I SNL has always been something that I always thought was really really awesome. Yeah. And uh, when you got the right. Uh, people involved, I think that you can really elevate it to another level. I think that we were lucky that even though the ones that when we grew up with weren't immensely popular, like all of those people became stars in their own right. Like Sandler, Chris Farley, uh, David Spade, like all those guys, even like one of them even became a senator. Okay. So. Yeah, but you don't see that anymore, right? Like they, the, a lot of these guys are, they've gone off and made TV shows during like, this is something Lauren Michaels never did before is let current cast members go off and do individual projects. It was always like you would use SNL to break through and then you would be a star and you would move on. But it's it's yeah. changed. So I don't know. Like, like think about like how much of a heavyweight Will Ferrell. Was. Right. Like he was just he's just, just fucking shooting threes like forever, like just nailing them every time. 
It's just weird. It used to be. I don't know. I think the last guy to really become famous is the guy who's banging Kim Kardashian now. That's Pete Davidson. Yeah, he left the show. And it's not even for being funny, no. really. It's just because he's, you know, his, his penis is, is famous. Is what, what's going on. Uh, Imran, is SNL how you stay in touch with the with the youth? Yeah, it's where I discover new music. And when they're making fun of something, you know, uh, it's a thing. Uh, mm. Largely music. Although this this last week they had Black Star, a new album, Most Def, Talib Kweli, unbelievable performance. I've never seen a rap artist group. They were playing their first song, and it was like a karaoke board behind them. All the words were scrolling behind them. And uh, you could read the words. Amazing wordplay. Most Def is fucking incredible. The writing was great on those songs. I'm excited for the new Black Star album. Uh, but it was that was cool because Dave brought his fucking dope hip hop friends to uh, be on the show. Yeah, it was definitely more of a uh, an occasion to watch. It. Yeah, yeah. When, when you're like, oh shit, Chappelle is on. You gotta watch. And uh, he didn't disappoint. So, anyways, that's my yeah. SNL rant. It sucks now. Why make it better? That's all. <laughs> there you go that's gonna do it for this week rugs where can the listener find you online you, you can find me on twitter at really rug boy come follow me visit uh the show description or jockinner.com slash 461 for the link to his twitter all the things we talked about there's timestamps. there's chapter markers so you know where everything is if you don't want to listen to something you can listen around it but most importantly tell a friend spread the geekery uh, and we will be your friends forever. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the Nerd. We'll peep you next time. I fucking loved it. I really don't give a shit. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate on you.